like it's California. Windows down, speakers loud, blowing marijuana. Funny when you at the bottom, don't nobody want you. But when you want the up and up, now everybody like it. I've been riding through my city like it's California. Windows down, speakers loud, blowing marijuana. It's funny when you at the bottom, don't nobody want you. But when you want the up and up, now everybody like it. The guy ain't never been to Cali, but my weed has. They catch me rolling through my island with my seat back. And my eyes low, we got that loud pack. Feel like Chicago, you know we blowing that. I'm a Mary Mary Jane, MJ with the fadeaway. Trying to dodge the headache, sometimes you just gotta get away. Baby mama calling, she tripping like, where the hell you at? Look, I'm at work, I gotta go, I love you, call you back. Now I ain't worried about nothing, I know the future's straight. Shot my bro to roll it up and meet me up at heaven's gate. Long as my people riding with me, I'ma find a way. Exhale the bullshit, I'm on my way to brighter day. I've been riding through my city like it's California. Windows down, speakers loud, blowing marijuana. It's funny when you at the bottom, don't nobody want you. When you want me up and up, everybody love you. I've been riding through my city like it's California. Windows down, speakers loud, blowing marijuana. It's funny when you at the bottom, don't nobody want you. When you want me up and up, everybody love you. I'm out here living life, do all I can to live it right. To live it like the darker days, spark the haze and feel the vibe. I feel alive, I feel the rocks, feel the top. Turning and shifting, these rainy clouds have been lifted. I'm seeing by the sky. Watch out to the father, I to be a holy city legend. I'm trying to be the guy to get the holy city revving. Like any living. Fell in love with Mary Jane the first time that I felt it home. I'm getting faded, they hate me, but I don't care. What is up, everyone? What is up? YouTube difficulty land. <laughs> What's that? Technical difficulties. <laughs> oh, no, I was just bouncing stuff around, man. I was like, I wonder what if, if I can make these kind of bounce up and down, but the the process doesn't move quick enough on this at uh anyway man how's everyone's week been what's up we got ray ray green stooges we got brett from 365 andrew my man from greenville black fort jesse hey man uh jesse by the way don't take that too much to heart man but i was just calling you know i was just saying what was on my mind and um um you know what I'm saying, man. Mm -hmm. if, uh, if you have any questions on anything, you know, like the other stuff we talked about, please call, man. I'm here for you. Of course, Ben from Acme and Ray Ray. Who, Whirlies are in the house. Man. And, uh, and Fire Marshal Rich. And, uh, and a few others hanging around. There's Jim's Landscape LLC. Numero uno. And, uh, but anyway, man, it's, uh, man, it was a rainy week here this past week. It was dreary. Couldn't get much of shit done. I didn't do it. I didn't even go to do anything until Saturday, yesterday. And, uh, and <laughs> I told you about that, didn't I, Chris, with the pressure washer breaking down on my ass and then yeah, yeah, use, you said use the other one. The that was a lot of fun. But man, if you're doing that kind of work and, and even in mowing for you, for everybody out there in lawn land people, it, uh, always have a backup tool and i'm sure our guest will tell you that too man if you got duplicates bring them with you because you never know when what you've got to kind of screw up break down or just flat flat out die on your ass but um had a soccer game my son did today uh he is captain of the soccer team this year they uh 
Always enjoy a run at the state title and uh, had a little scrimmage today. The season starts Wednesday or Thursday. I can't remember um, going to play a, a division game. Uh, I don't think it's anybody that's any serious competition for them, though. But uh, um, that kicks off. And, man, that damn boy's going to graduate in a couple of months. Jesus, I can't believe I have a son that old, man. What's going on with you, Christopher? Oh, man. It's been a crazy week. Uh, you know, just uh, <clears throat> been raining here all day, deal with doctors and all that stuff. But, you know, uh, you know, just everyday life. Sometimes it gets overwhelming. Sometimes the, it just kind of gets the best of you. And then you just, you, you got to find ways to disconnect. So, but I mean, uh, I do have a couple of announcements. Well, one of them for sure. I know the. Uh, yeah, man, you, you got. Um, it, I'll, you know, I'll kind of lead you on this or, or, or set you up, I guess is the best way to put it, man. You know, some of you may know that the very first show that we ever did, there was a little shout out to somebody that, well, had done Chris a little wrong. And everyone that was in, you know, in the immediate little circle there knows exactly what happened. And uh, this guy got called out and... Uh, He's back. He kind of shut everything down, I guess, felt a little humiliated and walked away and he's back. And if he's paying attention, <laughs> Chris has got something to say. Yeah, I was uh, perusing the old Instagram land and saw Transylvania turf is uh, back on the scene. Oh, Scotty, Scotty, boy, the guy, I guess, has a lot of money because he, from what I was seeing, he had a a Ventrack and a new yeah, he's supposedly he just bought a thirty-five thousand dollar mower. Mm -hmm. Man, that must be nice, you know, for someone who, uh, you know, was supposed to hook an old blind guy up with a couple of racks that, uh, well, just let's just say I never got, and uh, that's fine, you know, if he, if I can help him buy his thirty-five thousand uh, dollar piece of equipment that he claims to go mowing with nobody or one person, I. I, that, I, I'm glad I can help him achieve his goals in life. But, you know, oh, Scotty, why don't you do us all a favor, my friend? Quit lying about what you have. It, it's good not to lie. I mean, come on, just be real. I mean, if you got a Murray mower, I'd much rather see you mow with your Murray mower than your imaginary Ventrac or your imaginary Ferris or your imaginary uh, Skag or your imaginary, what was the other one? I saw another one on there. That uh, Altos or Altos? Oh, Altos, yeah. Yeah, the imaginary Altos. You know, come on, dude. It, it, just be real. I mean, at least uh, how about you hit me up one day and uh, apologize for lying? It went through 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 times maybe? I don't know. I have to look at the emails, but it's more than five. Um, you know, how about, how about you kind of just uh, man up? grow a pair of nuts and reach out. That'd be kind of good. Or maybe if he's actually got all that bread, he would finish paying you what he promised or, or send um, what he promised to send. Oh yeah. He, he gave you, he gave you some, but you know, that was, that was, that was laughable. And, and after all, I mean, let's keep it real. It, you know, it was a, a prize winning, but man, if you're going to say somebody won a prize you and you, you don't want to send the prize because of shipping when you could have just had it drop shipped from the bit, from the, uh, the company that of the, that makes the product that you wanted to give away. But, um, you know, if you say you're going to send, you know, the cash replacement for that, <laughs> at least you could do is send 
a little bit more than half the value. They wasn't even half the value. At least. It, it was, I couldn't even buy the smallest rack with what he sent me, which I'm not ungrateful for what he sent me. Don't get me wrong. Speaking of buying small racks, man, what, what year did you buy that blow up doll you have? <laughs> oh, man. I'll tell you what. Uh, carry on. One of these man, days, it's time, it's time, time for an upgrade. Uh, maybe I <laughs> used that money for the upgrade. But uh, yeah, anywho, I just saw Transylvania Turf is resurfaced after a few weeks. Maybe he thought we would not notice, but he, he's on the scene. Oh, Scotty. So you guys watch out, man. If he uh, does another giveaway, please let me know. I'll try to enter it again. Maybe I'll get lucky and win it again or something. <laughs> right. That's what you call blind luck. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then the uh, second announcement I have, man, uh, the the mayor, the 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 one and only Ben from Acme Moen is going Who to just be said he likes big racks. He likes big racks. I'm glad he likes yeah, big racks. He just posted or commented right when you began to speak of him. Go ahead. Man. Oh, that's awesome. He uh he has a uh, he had very good luck with his EDDM cards, and uh, a gentleman had reached out to him, and uh, he's going to be doing a giveaway on his page. Look forward to seeing that maybe. Hopefully, in the near future, next week or two or so. Um, and what's him, the uh, giveaway? What is he giving away? He's going to be giving away, um, from what I understand, 2,500 EDDM cards uh, to a lucky person of any trades because they will help everybody. And so it just doesn't have to be lawn care related, but it can be anybody who uh, subscribes to his channel and uh, kind of puts them on the map and helps uh, grow their business or whatnot. So um, I'm looking forward to uh, Ben uh, getting the details of that giveaway out, which will be really cool because it's like a $500 value. If you really and how do, we, how, do we cards? how do we participate in, in uh, Acme Mowing's uh, giveaway? Well, first off, you guys need to uh, get on Acme Mowing, Acme Mowing Lawn Care, Acme Mowing Lawn Care .com and uh, go to his YouTube channel. And he should have that when he gets it ready up for uh, the contest giveaway. He'll have that. The I don't know what the exact contents of the uh, giveaway. Maybe it'll be a leave a comment or maybe like a certain something or tag friends. I have no idea yet. He's uh, kind of finalizing the details on that. So hopefully we'll be hearing something that, about that pretty soon. All right. Well, man, that sounds awesome. And the funny thing is, man, you told me about that this afternoon. And Ben... If you know what you're going to do now, type it up and I'll read it out here real quick. If not, well, it, everybody stay tuned to Acme Mowing and Lawn Care for this. But I was literally thinking about giving EDDM a run uh, for the pressure washing business just uh, this past Friday. I'm reordering some stuff and I was thinking about doing it. And um, I'd love to pick your brain and some others to see what you uh, what it's done for you. but. And what made you really choose it? And I know you discussed that before uh, on a video or in a live, but I'd like to kind of mano y mano on it. Um, I think I might give it a try. I, I've never done it because I just, I think I've said it before on here. I've had a lot of success with the magnetic uh, business cards, you know, with the, and sticking them on the mailboxes or anything that's, you know, that, that magnets will stick to and that they've, they've worked well. And I've just, I've never strayed from them. I've done flyers a few times. Um, anyway, I'm thinking about doing it. Think about, you know, um, handing them out, sticking them on, you know, uh, obviously 
the doors and everything else and and maybe just having some uh put in a mass mailer so anyway i'd love to talk about that who else but somebody just came in here and he said anybody say anything yet hmm. oh yeah Flo i'm gonna make sure i said hello to float dizzle what's up float our guest tonight's pretty cool uh, yeah. yeah man we're jumping out of the box a little bit here we're 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 uh um we're in tile land and not only tile land but from what i've seen and what i've we've had our discussion with him this guy uh he's a ocd of the tile world i should say yeah as far not, as the way they they do stuff is very uh high end um even if it's in a uh a class lower middle class house they're still doing what you would say upper high class work hands yeah down. it's it's some it's some pretty stuff and tile land not to be confused with thailand <laughs> but um it, yeah it, it, it's just you know it's uh i've spent some time watching uh some youtube videos of his talking to him of course he's a uh he knows money making mike g that's how uh, we connected with him um Mike actually recommended him that uh, the first, well, when he did the show, what was that show number two or three, something like that. Uh, two. Um, and we've been, uh, as you know, we've been reaching out, looking around for people in other trades so that um, if anything, you, you, you kind of get to know another trade and how it works and what kind of mindset a person is in that trade. Um, and maybe they live close enough to you where you can reach out and network a little bit. Or, you know, maybe you need a tile person sometime here soon. Uh, well, you know, we got old Ranger in here, too. And, um, you know, you can um, you can reach out to these people and, you know, ask them at least who you should be looking for, um, you know, in your area. And what kind of contractor to not look for that's in these certain trades uh, is even more critical, in my opinion. Waiting on your donation from PayPal, farm, Fire Marshal. <laughs> man, we, we got PayPal and and uh, and super chats coming in, Chris. <laughs> oh man, just not to us. Shoot. It's like it's like we're the middleman. Handy Stars and Marshall are passing them back and forth. Oh, to each so other, we're we're uh, what you call um, cleaning the money. We're uh, we're yeah, we're the launderers, man. No, oh, yeah, uh, well, we want our ten. Money we want our ten percent for that shit too. Oh yeah. I mean, that's a piece, guys. So that's 20% total. Remember that. Yep. And uh, anyway, if anybody uh, wants to reach out, uh, well, uh, or check out uh, Ben's comp, or not competition, but uh, giveaway there, uh, be on the lookout. And uh, we're going to bring up our guest here again. This is uh, Ben from Hamilton Tile. He's in Canton, Georgia. Them Georgia people. Their jaw drops when they talk. <laughs> Man, hey, I can't talk shit because that's like a lot of people around me too. I don't know how my accent and eat bun for that deep, but you know, I I uh I didn't catch on to them. It's a lot more Gullah around here, actually. Totally different dialect, but yet just a little drawn out. Mm. Anyway, we've got Ben from Canton, Georgia at Hamilton Tile, and uh how you doing, man? If you guys are expecting a southern accent, <laughs> yeah. oh man, I was trying hey. to set that up that way. <laughs> I like to, I like to, I, I love being a southern accent. That's the best, strongest accent. 
The close second is going to be the Massachusetts accent, though. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yes, it is. If Ray says "easy man," yeah. just saying, just yeah. saying. I uh, love I love Ray's accent. That that was a strong yeah. Southern accent. I like that. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, I'm re- I'm I'm re- I'm reading a book on uh or listening to a book on Stonewall Jackson for all you Southerners out there. They said yep. three Confederate, uh, one 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 Confederate uh, soldier could could whoop could could whoop three Northern soldiers. So I'm gonna give you that. And from and, and from what I'm what I'm listening to, I, I really think it's true. So we'll give, you, <laughs> we'll give you guys that. You guys got some strong soldiers down here for sure. The best because they're corn fed. Awesome. Yeah. It, who's corn Fred? <laughs> corn Fred. They're corn Fred. You know, that's that Southern Georgia stuff. That's oh man. I well, wanted uh, to, I wanted to mention that uh, you know, those I, I loved your ideas on the magnets and the USB. I ordered me up some magnets the other day. I got a hundred of them coming. And because I got stickers and I'm always afraid to stick stickers on stuff because it's almost like vandalizing. But with a right. magnet, you can just stick that thing anywhere, and yeah. you know you don't like it, you just take it off. Yeah, and it'll wind up on a fridge too, for sure. And man, I, those USB ports that uh, that one to four or four to one, whatever you want to call it, or three to one. And uh, I I give those out if I've closed the deal, or or maybe even after I've done the job, and people eat it up, man. And uh, they're like, oh my god, this is the best little trinket that anybody's ever given us, you know, for something like this, and. They just, you know, mu- coffee mugs go on a shelf or maybe in a drawer somewhere. They don't want to throw it out. They want to keep it. It's nostalgia, but it's never out in the open. Yeah, that's um, that's, you know, that's really good, like guerrilla marketing, you know, because it's the most bang for your buck when you're when you're on a low budget. You know, you, you got to get some good bang for your buck and the magnets and the USB things. I really like those. Yeah, I, I love it because and and I've uh, you know it. People immediately plug them into one of their, you know, their laptop or something. And it's right there when they're, you know, and, and that first two weeks after a job is really critical. If somebody is, is looking for the same job with somebody you just finished, you know what I'm talking about? Cause you're a friend of mine, but they might go, that's Cody, but oh shit, what's the name of that company? What is it? You know? And it's, it's right there. Oh yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And that and or the magnets on the refrigerator go look. <laughs> you know, that's it. But yeah, man, we're talking tile here with you today. And and uh man, this is actually I've I've kind of dipped in several trades uh from time to time and uh, at least just to participate and help a friend, if anything. But I've never messed with tile. It is um and you're operating a pretty good outfit, man, a real nice outfit, actually. And the work is just top notch. Um, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. But uh, and as we've told some people, you know, you know, Mike G pretty good, at least through the social media stance. And uh, but Ben, give us a little background on you. Where were you born? What did you do in school? Uh, you know, what did your uh, prom date look like and so forth? I love it. Well, I'm Ben Santos. I'm originally from Newport, New Hampshire. It's a very small town in New Hampshire, 6,000 people, kind of in the Appalachian foothills. You know, it's a, I, I consider myself a mountain, a mountain man. And uh, my dad's from Brazil. And he, and you're, I was wa- just watching your son. He's number eight playing soccer, right? 16. 
Oh, okay. Well, my dad was a professional soccer player. That's you how had it halfway it. right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, but he was a professional soccer player, and that's how he came first. Got his green card to come to the country. Then he stopped oh. playing soccer and met my mom, and uh, he got into textiles. And eventually, from Massachusetts, he got recruited to move up to this uh, to to Newport to Door Woolen to manage their mill. And um, that's where me and my brothers and sisters were basically born for uh, three brothers and one sister. And just I lived the small town America. You know, I I played football. I played basketball. Hard winters. That's really what forged me was the winters. You know, the shoveling, the snow. blowing. We had we had like three acres at, at one of our houses. I grew up in two places. The second one had three acres of lawn. And my dad, you guys wouldn't like my dad because he wasn't about to hire any landscapers. So he, he had, <laughs> he's the he DIY had, yard guy. Oh my goodness. He had us out there, you know, two, three hours every Saturday. Uh, you know, basically in New Hampshire, it's from like May to September ish taking care of the yard. And that's where I got my work ethic from. And I was always bigger than my brother, who was kind of a shrimp. And I was like an outcast kind of. I was like the rebel, the black sheep of the family. So my brother, the the shrimper, he always got to ride the lawn, the riding lawnmower, where my dad was always really hard on me. So I had to. We had a row of trees up the driveway on each side of the driveway, a hundred hundred feet up the, the driveway, basically. And I would have the push mower. Now this wasn't a push mower where the wheels were free turning. It was one of those self propelled ones. And I had to push it forward and back, forward and back, forward and back, all the way on one side, all the way up the other side of the trees, and then go to the other side, do that. <laughs> Every weekend, it was horrible. And- hey, y'all, look, I'm sorry, I don't want to stop you midstream, but yeah, uh, my son, there he is right there, Henley Cody, is in the live stream, man. He's checking us hey, out. Nice. Yeah, but that that's he 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 taught us how to work like my parents you know i we all have all of our parents have their shortcomings and whatnot but that's the one thing they taught me was how to work you know i always you know and coming up you know i wanted to do sports you know i i i signed up for the marine corps after high school and you know i was working at a at a uh, grocery store about 20 miles away from my house. And a week before I was going to leave, my buddy was coming to pick me up. It was thunderstorm and raining. And uh, this was 2005. And on the ride home with him, we hydroplane, not speeding, not doing anything. We smashed into a tree. I broke my arm pretty severely. You can see the big old scar down there. Oh, yeah. so no Marine Corps for me. So then I just had to start, start working again, you know, and, you know, I started out working as a, in a in a in a garage so i did uh i i was a service manager changing tires all this kind of stuff i lived upstairs above that then i i went to college for like a year that wasn't really for me and then you know it kind of came home economy kind of took a dive around that time and it was rough i had no purpose in life i was like one of those guys with absolutely no purpose and um so what I started doing was I wanted to prove to myself that I could still be athletic. So, you know, I, I had boxed in my high school at high, uh, I had boxed my high school years. I got back into that and I just had this dream of being a, a boxer never worked out really, but, uh, it gave me something to do during the economic downturn. And I met people right. and all this kind of stuff. And then, um, eventually 
I, uh, I, I, I had to leave New Hampshire because, like, I was just growing up in the same small town I was in. You know, I kind of wrecked my reputation there because I was just, you know, I was a twenty-year-old, you know, late twenties. Just I burned all the bridges around me. I didn't care. I was in a bad. I was just had a bad attitude at that time. Right. So I, my sister was living in Georgia, and she invited me to live down here with her family for a while. And uh, I took her up on that offer. I lived with her for six months, kind of got in a feud with her husband. I had to get out of there. You know, I, I lived in my, in my in the back of my truck camper for a while, had some hard times. I, and I, I met Jason uh, Hamilton, uh, the owner and lead installer, Hamilton Tile, and now my buddy. And uh, started working with him, met him on Craigslist, believe it or not. So all you guys out there putting out Craigslist ads – it sometimes it works out. It sometimes it does, man. That ten percent made it. Very rarely, but it works out. And you know, when I started with him, I was kind of a bum, to be honest with you. I mean, he was, but he was really patient with me, and he taught me everything he knew. And the great thing about him was that he never like restricted any information about anything. He was always an open book. Always gave more than he really expected. And was not, I guess at the time he kind of did that because we didn't really have much of a business. He didn't really have much of a business at that time. So there was nothing really to lose. Um, but yeah, we, we eventually, I grew, he grew. And we, now here we are um, to where we're, we're doing really well for the area that we're in. You know, we right. recently last year, we got rid of, I caught, we were working for a builder for a long time and doing work for ourselves and we cut the training. I called them tra- the builders of training wheels for tile guys, basically. And we we let go of the training wheels about a year ago, and we've just been going up, up, up since then. A lot of what that, a lot of why that is, is because of the content that we produce online. And I've just been really running Google, and that's a lot of the reason why is we just get. Hey, a ton- go ahead. Give me give me one second, real quick. I'll be right back. Yeah, we just get a ton of we just get a ton of leads and that allows us to pick and choose who we want to work for. And the the more standards you have in who you work for, the more success I feel like you're going to have. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, you, you. Yeah, we're on the same page with that, because if you if you work for anybody chances are they're they might be a pain in your ass and they're going to leave a bad review and all this. So we really focus on working for people that share our values, share our culture and want what we're selling. That's, that's big for us. You know, we're not, we're not working for people that are not looking for what we're selling. When I ask, that's a, that's a huge thing right there, man. And and that's a, those are good words to put into it. it. It's, um, if, if you're trying to oversell, I mean, if you pull up to a $100,000 house and, you, and you've got $300,000, you know, houses that you're typically doing your quality work in, you're doing both of yourselves a disservice, man. Yeah, but, you know, we went to a house today and I got to say um, Jason's house is probably kind of nicer than the house we were at today. And she had called me like a couple weeks ago. And we're really busy now. We're booking for the summer. So I'm kind of a little bit shorter. I I told this lady, she had already had somebody come in and she had to stop them halfway because the work was so bunk. That happens all the time. 
And so I told the lady, yeah, no problem coming out. And she's like, oh, great. And I'm like, but we do have a $229 consultation fee. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to talk to my husband. Qualifier. And I'm just like, okay, well, let me know. And usually when you get to talk to I'm going to talk to my husband or talk to my wife. You never hear from him again. But lately, I've been getting these people calling me back. Well, this lady called me back about three days later and said, yeah, well, awesome. we're ready for you to come. And um, so we went there this morning, and I have new folders with all sorts of marketing material, pictures, and this kind of stuff. So I brought that along, and we went and saw their job. And, man, talk about a tile hack job. Oh, my goodness. Some of the oh, worst. Really? Oh, some of the worst we've ever seen. Some of the worst we've ever seen. And they were just, and she was telling me, I was like, so where did you guys find me just poking around on Google? And she's like, no, we went to the NTCA website. And I'm like, oh, cool. Did you call? Which is? NTCA is a National Tile Contractors Association. And they have like a, a, a zip code um, contractor tool to where you can put in your zip code and find contractors in your area. Gotcha. Well, she she did that, and she got a bunch of numbers. And I said, "Hey, did you call this guy?" Oh, yeah, he called. He never called me back. Oh, did you call this guy? Oh, yeah, but he never called me back either. Right. And I'm sitting here, and I'm thinking, these people are ready to pay us whatever we want. We're gonna do a fifteen to twenty thousand dollar labor only master bathroom. And the reason for this is because nobody's calling them back, and it's like we're busy. But we just tell them, yeah, we're scheduling three months down the road. They're like, yeah, no problem. We've been with it for, without it for right. this long. So yeah, it's they like, spent three months just trying to get somebody to answer the phone. Yeah, exactly. And their house isn't crazy, but they're just done messing with these bozos, basically. And they're ready to pay whatever it takes to get it done right and not get ripped off. And right. that, that's kind of what I tell people is, you know, we are a risk-free bathroom remodeling company because you can see everything that we're doing online before we come out. The biggest problem with builders is you hire a builder. He comes in talking a big talk, but you have no idea what you're going to get. No right. idea. Are they going to send the mystery white vans with unidentifiable men inside your home? <laughs> you don't know because they're not right. content marketing. And now in 2020, I'm playing off that because people want to see what you're doing. It's the HDTV. Yes. And we have these in our pockets. These are computers in our pockets. Every contractor, they have no excuse for not at least documenting to some degree what you're doing. And it pay, and that's the number one thing I feel that has gotten Jason and I to where we are today is the fact that we're – and listen, Jason – These days, social media is your resume, man. Big time. Big time. Jason didn't want to get on board at first either. He's like, why are you doing that? That's stupid. Now he's like, Ben, Ben, get, film this while I'm doing this. You know, so <laughs> He's like, all hammed up and ready to record, huh? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of the problem with like the builder types is there's not like, they're not necessarily like charismatic or, you know, camera, camera people or like public speakers. Right. And that, people want to get shit done. Yeah, but that's my God-given talent, really. My mother, like yeah. when I was young, she had me doing Shakespeare for All camp in the summer, right? Community theater, singing. You know, I was I, I play guitar and I used to do so singer singer songwriter style stuff. So, like, I'm a construction guy that can public speak. But for all you guys out there that are in the trades, I really encourage you to use your helper. 
don't just use a guy to like cut or like carry stuff. Say, hey, John, Billy, fail me doing this. And then say, hey, I'll give you a dollar an hour raise if you learn how to video edit. Right. And give him a that gives him a purpose at home. And you and I push this with everybody. Use your helper for more than just, you know, the the menial stuff that doesn't make you money because the content will make you money. So take the time to do it. That's what we did. And I think that's what pushed us along. That's a good, that's a, I never even really thought about that. That's a good idea for a lot of people out there, man. If you've got a good helper or, you know, maybe, maybe it's not quite a helper. Maybe you could qualify him as a paid apprentice, you know, someone of that mentality. If they know how to edit already or something, I mean, especially younger kids today that would be coming in the trade, like my son, um, at the age of 18, you know, get, you know, stepping his foot out into the real world. They already know how to do it. Give them an extra buck an hour. See, you know, tell them to produce the video, show it to you and see how you like it and see what happens with it, man. Because I to find the social circle that's out here with uh, people in service industries that interact business to business like this and 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 law and land and everywhere else was a shock to me, man, because for years it's it's been a it's been a resume for me. And that's it. And um, and, and uh, some people say, well, you're unique. Uh, you know, not many people do that. And I'm like, how do you not? I mean, how do you not see that right off hand, right off the rip as, as a, uh, a, an advertisement uh, piece? It's so easy to do now. Like back in the day, you'd have to like pay thousands of dollars to have a commercial and all this kind of stuff. And I don't, I don't even have a big channel. I don't care about being a YouTube sensation. I could care less. All I want to be able to do is send my customer to that video and say, hey, take a look. Right. Um, and back to what you're saying about the well, community. that you can also if they have a sim. Sorry, I don't want to break you up or no, chop you off too fast. But say some you filmed something five months ago that's a very similar problem. Like you know, say there was a bad leak and that's why you're in there to begin with. You can say this is this is what I'm talking about is most likely happening under your under your tile as well or something. It seems you could do that exactly. Like um, that's what you're saying about the community too. Like these guys right here, um, A to Z tile out of Florida. These are guys that I know from Instagram and like I'll post stories and he'll jump and J dog will jump up on my, on my, uh, on my Instagram uh, feed and say, Hey man, you're the man. And just like the feedback that you get is second to none. And I've never been the type of guy that keeps my eye on my own paper. Like I think a lot of people in this, in the service industry, they worry about what they're doing and that's, and that's okay. That's a way to do it. But I'm always looking at what other people are doing so mm -hmm. I know what to differentiate against. Like I know what builders are doing. and or I catch a trend. Yeah, I differentiate against those guys. I listen yeah. to what people are saying about builders and contractors and all this, and I market against that. I'm, I'm saying I'm not that guy, so hire me instead of him. And it really, it really works, and I think that's how we have to think. Um, yeah, it's one thing to look at your own paper. And a lot of people say too, your work will do the talking for you. I don't believe that. I think it, I do in a way, but I think you need to promote yourself constantly. Cause this is where Jason was at is he would do this incredible stuff. And I'd be like, this guy is the best I've ever seen in my life, but he wouldn't say anything about it. So everybody just thought it was normal. And that, right. and that, and that's kind of how I get reviews too is that I'm kind of a master of getting reviews, is people will come in and say, wow, that looks great. 
And then I'll take that opportunity when they tell me that I provide a value to them. I'll say, hey, you know, I would love to provide some value to your friends, you know, or, you know, if you could do me a favor and, and leave me a five star review on Google, I'll use yeah. that to spur on having them do something for me, reciprocate it. And that's a great strategy for you guys out there. Whenever somebody says, man, that lawn looks good, man, I made the right decision. Say, hey, you know, I'd love if you had any friends that, you know, don't want to mess around and want somebody that's going to do a great job. Send them my way. I'll treat them right. Oh yeah, you know it's a I, that that that's a strategy that I use. I, I've just brought up where I've got to bring Google and, and, and reviews to front of mind because most of these guys know. I don't know. I don't know if I've told you about this the other night or not, but I don't advertise it. I, 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 don't, I don't. I don't. I necessarily always have to be doing that. I've got good word of mouth going and a certain click of people, and um, um. I, I just haven't done it. There's a certain mindset that I want my work in and uh, you really can't advertise to those kind of people. If you see oh, yeah. what I'm saying, it's an yeah. art thing. It's not a business thing. Yeah. Um, but with this pressure washing business being you know kicked off and everything, I've, I, I make sure that I, every time, just like this job I did today, I actually turned around, went back and knocked on the door and said, Hey, please don't forget to leave me a review on Google. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It costs it, it is everything when it comes to this, because that's a different service. If you've got the right money per square foot, I'm coming to your house. I don't care how big it is or anything. I'm showing up, you know? Yeah, exactly. But, um, with, with, uh, with us, oh, sorry, I was, thought I was no, with, question. with us, it's like, we're, um, we're not really from around here. We're both like Yankees living in Dixie kind of. I know Atlanta's kind of like a transplant area, but we have buddies that are builders and he's kind of like you. He's like, "Oh yeah, I do referrals. I don't really worry about it." He has already affinity network built up. Whereas we've been at this for, you know, 4 years. Right. And and we 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 can't we don't really have that network yet. It ta- what would you say it takes for somebody to really build up a a biz a referral business? How long? Well, man, it really it really depends, in my opinion. But I, I um it, with me because I, I I grew up and had strong family ties with other strong families in the area. It wasn't hard for me to network. I you know I I don't. I don't have any of the stories like like Jesse's story or like Think Dragon that we had on or, or other people. Man, I I was in at the right time with the right people, and you know, I, um, I was always able to network at some social event or something like that and get to the right click of people that I wanted to. I knew the right neighborhoods because I knew people that lived in them. We lived in them, and it just happened or very organically for me very quickly. I, so I I really can't speak to that, to be honest. Do you, know, do you know what I love about the internet, though, is it's the great equalizer. Yes, it is. It, you know, I make a video uh, the other day, or, you know, I make a video, Johns Creek, Georgia, custom shower. Johns Creek, Georgia is a really wealthy area. And, you know, I type in Johns Creek, Georgia, custom shower. We don't pop up, nothing. And then I make a video with those keywords and then I type in John Creek, Georgia, custom shower again, and we pop up there in that market on Google. So it's like it, it, it's just a great equalizer in a lot of ways to where even small guys like us, if we're willing to put in a little work with the content, we can get on Google, which is basically the phone book now. Yeah. And, and it's and, and your phone book is is worldwide. It's not, you know, town specific anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah. yeah. 
Exactly. Oh, I don't, Chris, I, I guess he's coming back sometime pretty soon. Hey, before we go any further, Hendley, you still in here? Um, just checking. I wanted to say something to you. But um, oh, I, well, let me is, ask he, you this. is he saying he's number 18? Yeah, he's 18 years old, number 18. Oh, okay. I, gotcha. I said 16. He said, no, it's 18. No, I said 18 because I don't think I saw the eight or the one. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, yeah you, you said eight. I said 16. And he said, no, dumbasses. It's 18. <laughs> <laughs> he's a tall He's a tall kid, though, right? Yeah, he's on, he's 6'3". Yeah, he's the tall one. That's what I was – yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's dangerous. It looks like yeah, he's got he, a boot about, on him, too. About he does, man. He can clear the whole field with that thing. Awesome. And, uh, he's uh, he grew up for many years playing, um, playing up in the forward positions. And uh, I'd always told him I coached him for years, and and I had to force him into defense because I mean he's really good up front, but he is badass in the back. Nice. And uh, and, he, and uh, so his uh, his high school coach uh, played him in forward for several years. Uh, and JV and varsity, and then finally threw him in defense one day. And he said, oh, you're staying right here. Because I put something on Instagram just before this started, and it was actually where somebody got past Henley. And I, I, as a father, I'm proud to say this, and you understand soccer. He's the center defense, and there, not many scores happen because of two elements. My son is fast as hell and not, not afraid of that damn ball or anybody carrying it, and a goalie – is uh wow <laughs> yeah. and he that goalie developed because he wasn't much in the beginning but now he is something strong hell yeah that's awesome that makes must make you feel proud yeah, i get i got a, I get a little baby right now i can't wait you know i'm trying to enjoy it but you know i, I well, his I his his youngest brother is only 18 months old but henley i just i see that you said yep i just um I just want to say, man, good game. It was fun watching you all. I got some of it on video um, in that second little uh, part after the intermission. We don't want to call it a halftime because I think they played a 40-minute little scrimmage game. But um, And they played uh, they played a school that was uh, um, is several divisions ahead of them and held them down very well. And um, they, they beat uh, – they're a very good high school team, very, very good one of the top ranked teams. I think they have a national ranking and I mean a high one. Um, and so, and they, they, they held them down. They were balls to the walls. There wasn't much held back in that practice. And for them That's to badass. be, I mean, Hindley, our school, they, we're usually at the state championship. They haven't broken the mold to bring home that thing, that, that trophy yet in the past several years, but at least they're in that championship game every year. We're hoping he can go out as a senior and maybe be holding the trophy as the team captain. That would be awesome. Yeah, hell yeah. But the other reason I wanted him to make sure he's in here is is I wanted to ask you this. What um what's it like hiring somebody in, in the tile industry today? I mean, there's a lot there's a lot of kids. I got I'll be straight up, my kids in private school. Um and a lot of his friends, you know, they're they're not going to the traditional schools, the four-year colleges, and, and you know, there's quite a few in there that come out of that school and go on to Ivy League and Unless they're going to be doctors and lawyers or something like that, um, they're kind of passing it up and, and going to, uh, uh, you know, uh, f- you know, freight line or boat college. I, I, there's a specific word, Henley, if you want to type that, go ahead. Um, you know, he's going on to he wants to build hot rods. And so he's going to do welding and and learn to build engines and things like that. So um, what's it like right now in tile world and how does somebody kind of 
uh, get a job in that. Man, I think if you were young and you wanted to to get into tile, you could make a killing because there's not people getting into it. The older generation is dying out. And, you know, I don't want to bring politics into it, but there is a serious restriction in immigration happening right now. So less people are being allowed into the country to take these positions. Um, And I really think that that's going to drive up wages eventually. I'm seeing a a considerable increase in wages. Um, The the thing that changed my mindset is what – Young people need to understand that when you're working for somebody, you need to produce value for them. Exactly. And I think that's what was lost in some millennials, man. I mean, that, that right there is the center problem. Yeah, big time. And it took me a second to, to realize that. I kind of started understanding it when I started to get into like uh, more like libertarian principles and whatnot. We're not right. really, you know... I, that that's where I really started to understand like, wow, I need to be better than someone else in order to make it. I need to be the best at what I do in order to make it. And exactly. I always, I always had this thing with my, my dad's, my dad's from Brazil. You know, he, 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 he lived the American dream. He would always say to me, Ben, you can be anything you want to be. I really think that's a bad message for young people, man. We need to really focus on getting people a living. Before you go out and you try to be anything you want to be, how about we have a a focus on a living, on how you're going to make money and be able to support yourself and support your family? Well, yeah, and in today's society, because of all the basic necessities that we need versus even, you know, 20 years ago, it's it's hard to just – go out there and, and be anything you want to be. There's so many, there's so many moving parts to those simple words these days, you know, even in, you know, the mid nineties, when I jumped out there, it, it was that it, it still was that easy, but it's, it's changed in like the past 20 years. And you gotta, your plan and your game has to be a lot sharper these days to do and, that. And you have to have this thing called a talent stack. This is an interesting concept that the Dilbert guy, Scott Adams, came up with, a talent stack. Like, I'm a tile guy, but I do. I have my talent stack, which is public speaking, video editing, uh, Photoshop, um, just all these other little talents that support my main talent. So the day of, like, my dad just showing up to a textile mill and working in the mill every day, and just showing up and doing his one talent every day, I believe those days are over. And yeah. the, the great thing that the prior generations had that I don't think necessarily millennials and Gen Z are going to have is like that steady fallback. Like you can, you can mess up doing your dream and always go back to the, the Chrysler factory. <laughs> right. You can't do that now. That's not guaranteed. No, no. I think you have to keep your resume going and, you know, you need to have – you can't have long layoffs in your work history and all this kind of stuff. You got to have good credit to get a, a job now. You know, you got to be able to right. pass a, a urine test. I mean, that's a, the major reason why young men can't get can't get these really great jobs is because they can't pass a urine test. How about that one? That's yeah. something that people don't really think about, and that's what. What is something that you look for? You know, say somebody. Let's take it this way, like my son, how he got his job. And I'll, I'll set it up um, um, with what he did. He knew for a long time that this he wanted to become. I mean, let's just be literal. He wanted to he wants to be 
uh, the next Count Customs or the next Gas Monkey Garage. And, and not on that level and maybe not out in that public, but that kind of quality shit that gets thrown out there, you know, or the next Jesse James, not the one over here in the in the box. But <laughs> just kidding with you, Jesse. But um, um, how, what kind of stuff do they do they need to know? What What are you looking for? Because my son, he... I told him, I said, man, you don't owe anybody a dime. This is, I was trying to set this up right, but this is just how it went. We talked forever. Um, he said, uh, he, I said, I said, you want to build these badass hot rods. You want to know how to rip a car apart and put it back together or fabricate a car all by yourself from scratch. I said, don't go trying to get a part-time job at Jiffy Lou right now. You owe nobody a dime. We've, <laughs> I bought your car. You know, you don't have any loans out there and no nothing. I said, you go find the baddest shop that you feel like you can drive to after school every day and you go sweep the damn floor if that's all they'll let you do and do it for damn free. Um, and he went to uh, this place that's uh, it's called Nostalgia Garage here in Charleston. And man, they do some sweet ass work. Um, and they gave him a job sweeping the floors. Now, at uh, a very base pay, but within a couple of months, he was helping them wire cars and, and all kinds of stuff. And now they're wanting to send him to all the trade schools because they know he's serious and they weren't going to teach him shit till June, but he applied himself. And within a month, they were like, well, we need to start showing this kid something that we, you know, we said we weren't going to show anything to for eight months, but here he is already doing kind of, um, uh, um, uh, uh, helper or apprentice style work with them and getting paid good money. What is it that you look for with somebody with no experience? I mean, mathematical skills and all that. Does that apply? Um, for, for me, what I would say is somebody that's willing to, to learn, you know, it's like, and what, what I mean by learn is not necessarily from somebody with, uh, with credentials or anything like that. I lo I love this idea of open source education. To where one example is you can learn from anybody, right? Right. You're not you. You know you can take lessons from this. You can learn from a stripper. You can learn from an electrician. You can learn it from a guy at McDonald's. You can learn from anybody. You and just have to be willing to listen. Yeah, and 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 that's I think one big thing there. Another thing is I learned this from my dad, and he, I always think with young people the one of the biggest things is. I would say just to stay clean and sober as much as possible. I really think that's a, a very good message for young people because if you can stay clean and sober, you're ahead of at least a 50% of the population. You already right. have a lead on these people. So I'm talking about, I know this is hard for a 20 year old and me listening to, and me at 20, I don't know, but man, the partying on, on at night and all this kind of stuff, come to work fresh Come to work ready to go. Come to work ready to learn, and I think that would that the young generation. If you come with that attitude, and it, it sounds like kind of like traditional or kind of like oh, this is something some stiff would say, but well, it's I, just the basic rules that apply, and they basic, never change, man. Basic, basic public speaking. This is another thing that I that that I've never really had problems with, but I notice a lot of people like. I'm at the store today and the, the kid's not looking at me in the eye and not speaking up and not being confident. I asked the guy, hey, um, do you know where a USB uh, to SD card um, a converter is or whatever? He's like, 
uh, maybe, let me, uh, but maybe not. And I'm like, okay. And then he brings me right over to it. I'm like, man, you got, you, you should have told me, of course I know where that is. Come on, follow me, man. It's just these soft skills to me that a lot of young people don't necessarily have, you know? Or, the thing is, they don't think they have to learn it. They think they're better than that, that they should just be. And it's true. They think there's certain things that they're just entitled to. And it's like my mom said, she was uh, a, a contract water writer for, uh, was it Spa War, Spay War? I can't remember how you say it. Um, basically where they contracted out some heavy duty shit between civilian contractors and the government. And, uh, you know, there, she was involved with hiring processes for other contract writers and such as well. And she said, there's one thing that got somebody kicked out the door real fast. If the first thing they ask about is how much vacation they get and when they get it, she'd get it. She'd send them right out the damn door. And it happened often. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that, that totally makes sense. Yeah. I, I always love this question. I got this from Tom Reber. He was saying he's like a con contractor fight. He does. He, he's like a contractor coach. He said, when you're in it, when you're in an interview, when the guy asks, if you have any questions, instead of asking about how many vacations you get, you should ask the guy, is this a place where I could be the best, where I can kick ass is, are you going to allow me to, to, to be the best that I possibly can? Am I going to be able to engage and learn something here? Yeah. I mean, I, I really love that question. And I, I thought that was a, that, that was a, that was a, that was a great one that for, for, for young guys, I, yeah, I would, I would really say that a lot of the things that we learn in, in government schools and in, in college is really opposite of what makes you successful in life. Right. And you're talking about like, I think what 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 affected the boomers more than us is a lot of boomers had kids when they were 18 years old. Right. Yeah. They and, you know their their childbearing was done by the time they were 25. Man. You yeah. Know, but when you have, when you have kids, man, I I'm I'm there now. It makes you think about the world in a completely a totally different, different way. So I don't know about your son, but I'm saying, hey, maybe you need to have a kid to really read. <laughs> Yeah. how you think because that is for me it, things kind of changed when when like here's an example my entitlement went away when i after i had a kid because my dad used to say son when i came to this country i would do anything i didn't care i would do any job i worked in a shingle factory it was the dirtiest job i worked in a foundry i i don't care what I'll i did yeah, and I always used to look at my dad and be like, "Dad, how would you dishonor yourself and degrade yourself like that and take and all this?" But now I get it. To where you know, I've never announced this publicly before, but you know what I do at night? I do, I do, I pick up trash at night. Okay, I do it from eight to eleven o'clock at night at different apartments. I load it in my truck and I bring it to a dumpster for extra money. You want to talk about a degrading job? But when my wife needs to go to the dermatologist or any of these extra bills that come up, because I'm a sole provider, my wife my wife stays at home, homeschools three kids. You know, we always have these stupid bills that come up. I, at least yeah. I have that there, you know. I make great money. I make great money doing tile, but I still do that. You know, there, I have kids. That's why. There is no more entitlement. I need money. I go do what I have to do to make money. And it's and that's an awesome mindset. And that's why I, I think my son will do fine out there in this world because he's obviously got the day job that I just described to you um, when he's not in school. And um, 
But he, he's got a good hustle, man. I mean, he sells stuff on eBay. He'll go to Goodwill or some dollar store or some, you know, some yeah. recycle store um, and, and find stuff that, you know, they're selling for five. He knows it's worth 50 on eBay and he goes and pops it up there. Hell, he's I've got him selling one of my motorcycles right now. I'm like, sell it. I'll give you I'll give you, you know, 200 bucks for doing it. He's like, hell, yeah. Send me the pictures. You know, he's on it. Yeah. He's he's the hustle is there, man. The, the grind that let's go get it. There are there are no more like of these free jobs anymore. I think everybody in the United States at this point is it is needs to be some sort of entrepreneur. Don't call you know. I wouldn't even call you you know if he's like working at the shop. That's a great job. You might as well just call yourself a, an entrepreneur, Henley. Just say I, I'm a businessman. I'm an entrepreneur now. That's what I do. I'm looking for any way that I can make money and advance myself. And for the trades, I think the the biggest problem is that the wages have to rise in order for people to be able to raise a family and become middle class. What is middle class? It's a hundred grand a year. I would say is probably a good number. I would say that's for, for if you want to live around here, that's for certain. Yeah. And, and, and somehow some way these wages need to go up. Um, and, and, and it, production is going to be it, raising production is going to be hard, but I think that's the problem why young people aren't getting into the trades because there's an undersupply, there's a high demand. So that just means the incentive is not there for them to go in, the monetary incentive. And you're you're, you're better off living at your mom's in your mom's basement playing video games. I'm wondering if the tide's changing. I, and I've I've I don't know, maybe somebody else is using this, but it, it's it came out of my head one day. The, uh, I th- I think there's a micro effect that's coming, and it's with it's, and it's with people that are maybe 20 and under right now, because like I said, there's I mean there's a lot of people in in my son's age group, these people that just graduated or or are getting ready to, man, they're all about the trade industry right now. They're all about that entrepreneurial because it doesn't take much to. It's something you can do. You can take pride in a lot of these things, and it doesn't take much to earn a really good living doing it by yourself, man. And uh, I think that's I think that's an attraction, and be able to uh, you know do some simple things and and uh, enjoy maybe some traveling or something before they settle down. And I mean, he wants to travel to several shops and you know around and check them out, and uh, eventually, obviously, open his own somewhere else in this world. And uh, the 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 bonus is, I think there's going to be a shift in this, but, um, and that's, that's was one of my focuses for making sure we do this show is, was him and the kids liking because, you know, what they need to do to get into it. Um, you know, what kind of grind, you know, as you know, we sweat our butts off in these trade jobs. There's nothing, nothing easy about them, but good Lord, is it rewarding? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, would you agree? I mean, sometimes a 10, 12 hour day is nothing. Yeah. That's oh, a- no. I love standing back and looking what I at what I did. And then I love the fact of like compiling the video and I love taking the pictures and I, I love putting those up because I know that that's going to be more. That just means more work for me. You know, um, I, I yeah, no, exactly. I I agree with you to some degree about you know, young people getting more into the trades because there's, there's, I don't think there's very many other options in, in a lot of, in, in many regards. I think people, I, I don't know. I, as, as I, as I said, we need to have a, more of a, a, a friendly 
business environment to get people to come into trades. I think that's happening, but you know, those, yeah. those wins can change with every four to eight years. Right. And, I was about to say, once you're in, you kind of got to learn to dodge that bullet when it's not going your way as well, you know, fight against the odds, so to speak a little bit. Yeah. And, and you gotta, you gotta have super thick skin in this business too. Right. You know, I mean, you, you, they'll put your dick in the dirt in this business. People, how they talk. <laughs> You're going to get cussed out at some point. Yeah, just and they'll and they'll make you feel like garbage and all this kind of stuff. But you know, another thing is a lot. Not very many people in the trades are doing good work or skilled people. You know, a lot of these people that we work for are so happy and grateful that we're there and they treat us like royalty. Do you understand, and, like even even what you were just saying about that? How? Um, how cutthroat every trade is in the world that everybody, everybody, or we'll say most everybody is all about talking shit about the person next door or trying to undercut that person or I mean, anything in the trade industry, you, I mean, in every trade industry, because I've dealt with it several times. As a matter of fact, the uh, doctor's office that I dealt with today, I got a text message from the doctor stating that someone who I hired at the very beginning to go clean it for me while I was on vacation and whatnot, you know, tried to undercut me behind my back to take the doctor's office from me. And we call and that a race, doctor, it's a race to the bottom. Yes. A race to the bottom. I've heard that and, you. And you, you see it all the time because I think, and it's crazy because I mean, society nowadays, like people go to college and get degrees and whatnot are taught to make great money, you don't have to do a whole lot as long as you have a piece of paper. As back in the 19-whatever, you know, when trade started coming around, you know, if you have a specialty, you got paid because you specialized in this specific deal, like tile or horticulture or water features or, you know, like custodial work. Uh, back when minimum wage, minimum wage was low, people who were doing custodial work were getting paid really good. But then they became the bottom of the barrel and you know other people as trades and stuff like that um you see it all the time that society just and that's cool about henley you know trying to work and do his thing as his own mechanics garage and shop because that's a specialty and henley man he's got a lot i mean that's cool to work for that shop yeah, and he's gonna i mean he's starting to do his own mobile oil changes and stuff too i gave him the whole setup to do that for christmas and stuff man i mean he's, that's, that's a great that's a great idea like even yeah. like windshield changing windshield wipers just doing all that kind of stuff basic fluid service i would also say for henley is keep your look clean i always push people i know everybody i know people have tattoos earrings i you know to each their own but i always push the young guys keep it clean presentable because people people love will to pay a good hard work Optics, optics. It's like or just keep it whatever, whatever you choose to do and maybe advertise and things like that. Make sure this and this is I think I've said this to Henley, actually. Make sure you, you're able to class it up. Make sure whatever it is, it's not overdone. It, it's it's not it's not dramatic and it's not offensive, uh, you know, four letter words or, you know, things like that. Make, you know, I'm, I'm going mostly for tattoos here. Make sure it's just something classy or it can be covered up, you know, yeah. Um, and he's already like that. He, he, uh, um, he, he's he still, have has some, well, does he have tattoos? 
No, no. He just turned 18. I, I don't know if he'll – I mean, I've got plenty. He might get one. Um, Not that he knows of yet, though. Finley <laughs> may have a hidden one that he don't know about. Because, because I, I'm, I mean, I would have been there and, and wanted to see it. He, he doesn't hide anything from me, man. Yeah, I just, I just, I just think when you, I just think when you do that, you put yourself behind a little bit. So, you know, we like to think that society is changing. It is a lot. Like tons of people have tattoos, but they're, it's still not quite there yet, where it's a hundred percent completely accepted in a lot of ways. And I just, I just think you know, just having the look is another thing. When I. I mean, they good-looking people make more money than people that don't look good. Yeah, well, Ben, I would I would bring up beards, uh, beards with that too, man. I mean, you know, if you can't kind of keep the edges shaved and stuff, and you come in looking rough and tough, and we know people aren't like that, but even even people like me, anybody up on this panel, and anybody in the chat here, we all know not to be so you know above ourselves as to think somebody you just because they you know don't groom their beard all the time wow. or they have a tattoo over here that they aren't the best people in the damn world uh mentally physically spiritually and everything else we we know they are and they most of the times they actually are yeah it's just but every time you know people are people are uh still to this day i mean if they don't know you they're going to instantly go to the negative and go hmm you know, um, and that's where first impressions and, and looking nice and tight, you know, is, is very important. Um, like you said, you know, you're not you probably won't get that job if, if you're not and you don't know these people or at least have the ability to present yourself as very professional. Um, and, and of course, that, that that stigma changes. But you're right. You need to be able to class it up and, and look professional, act professional and talk professional when you're up in front of people. Yeah, one of the big changes we made was that you know we got we got our our we got our our equipment or our clothing labeled out. You know, we start dressing really nice to um to our appointments. We don't go. We schedule appointments. We don't go to them right off the job, all covered in thin set. As soon as we show up, you want to know you don't want to know what we pull out. We pull out the blue shoe covers, baby, and we throw those things on. When we do that, people just know you mean business. That's just and know, you, and know your literally your first step is to not screw up their shit literally because you yeah. put those booties on to keep from scuffing something up. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. I have. Oh, I know you're joking, Ben. I just I just had to, I went on with it because I saw your comment. <laughs> How many? Let me ask you this: Have you had any uh, young people that started up with very little or to no experience uh, with you? We had a we had a helper. Last summer, we don't take a lot of people on for this reason specifically, and you know they don't make it easy for you to have uh, uh, an employee. This is this is quite a process to have like a real W two employee. You already right. know this, you know. Yeah. And for small for small businesses just starting out, it's just smart not to grow too fast in that regard. But right. anyway, we had a, 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 a we had a kid work with us last summer, and we have this funny story. Like we have we were put, we put up these brick walls, like these thin brick walls, right? It's probably one of the easiest, just most monotonous things we do. And it's low skills generally. So we can actually have someone help us with it. Right. And you know, you put it in the cake, the, the cake batter thing and you fill up the grout joints uh, with, with uh, the grout through like a, a cake batter and you yeah, just, the, we use, the yeah. Pastry thing. yeah, it sucks. It totally sucks. Um, but then you like point them out and all this kind of stuff. And we had this kid doing it 
And he's like, man, my knees hurt. Can I get a knee pad? So we handed him like a, a, a knee pad that, you know, is shaped like your knees for you to kneel on it. Right. And we handed it to him and he put it on the ground. And instead of kneeling in it, he sat he's, on it. Yes, I knew that's what he was saying, man. And, you know, really nice kid. We were like, I was like, hey, I was asking, hey, do you read or do you, you get into any business books? I know you're, um, you know, I know you graduated with a marketing major, some weird major. He's like, yeah, man, I read the Bible all the time. And I'm thinking to myself, great. I love the Bible myself. But, you know, this that's not going to like advance you in the business world and get you very many skills in regards right. to being in business. And, um, you know, nice kid. But again, it just kind of proved to us that what we do is such a high skilled thing that you just can't bring in anybody off the street. And then when you do get somebody that knows what you're, they're doing, you have to unteach them all the bad habits that they picked right. up. And so it's just like very difficult. You And, you know, Jason and I, you know, we're we're opposites, actually, but we do get along very well. And to put somebody in that mix, it's just going to have to be the right person. And it's it, it, it's it's it, it's going to it's it's let's just say that kid was not the one. And right. yeah, so. That's one example, and that's a pretty good example of what we're kind of working with as far as the talent pool is concerned. Do you see in the construction just, right now how uh, is 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 there a, a high demand for new people right now? I mean, we touched on that a little bit, but I mean, not just tile, but uh, housing uh, alone or overall. Yeah, I, I would say yeah. Like the the National Tile Contractors Association is pushing for women in the trades. I'm seeing a lot of that. A lot of ladies getting into the trades now. Um, There's a lot of women. And if you look across Instagram, they're everywhere. I'm tons, tons, tons. So, yeah, there, there, there's opportunity out there. Um, I don't know if we're looking to grow. We just have this, what we have going on right now. And when you're working in a bathroom, like half the time, I'm not setting tile. Jason's setting tile. I'm running backup. I'm doing sales calls. I'm, I'm doing the content. I'm setting things up. I'm sanding edges. I'm doing all this kind of stuff. And a third You're the, back person, of house guy. You're the chef, so to speak. Yeah, the, the yeah, yeah. Right and then a third guy is almost useless on a bathroom remodel. Right. You know, you need two guys on that. A third guy is just in the way, usually. Um, we're not setting big floors. Like if you have a big floor to set, yeah, a third guy, a fourth guy, they're really handy. But for our particular business, our two-man thing is pretty pretty right on the mark. And as far as growing for us, I don't know right now. I think maybe in 10 years we would want to grow to where we like train people and send them out. Like I want to get Jason to train people because that's his talent. He trained right. me. I'm like, why don't you do that three or four more times and grow this thing? But the business we're in, it's such a skilled thing, and it takes so long to train somebody. And, I, and and that's just even I that I think that applies for anything that you want to do well in life. And if you want to learn from someone that does it well, it takes time, man. It takes it, it takes dedication. You know, people, and that's just once you've spent and you're serious about the trade you're in. Once you've spent four years in it, man, you literally have that 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 bachelor's degree in that field. You know, um, you've you've got a little experience under your belt. You know, at least you know 
reading things and maybe read a blueprint and what's going on. And, and, you know, there's still a long, a long way to go and a lot to learn, but there's a, a basic there. It takes time and people, um, people need to understand that. And I, I think that, uh, uh, a lot of people don't, you know, after six months, they're like, man, I, you know, they just give up. Yeah. Do you know what those well, smart yeah, things? Not only that, even, even saying that is, um, like when you spend that time or that person, so I, I mean, I've been down this road where you train somebody and you're like, cool, they sound promising. They look promising, man. And you, and you give them the ins and outs or whatnot. And then they're like, Oh, it ain't for me. And I quit. And then you're like, and you do this three or four times and it's like getting the back of your head. It's like, man, how much time have I devoted to train this person versus how much time have I've lost doing my other work that I need to be done? It's just better off that I keep doing my work that needs to be done than waste the effort on someone who lasts six months and then leaves. Yeah. Do you know what the smart thing that Jason did though is he paid me so much and treated me so well that I was never going to make the same amount of money somewhere else. Well, but not a good trick to have. I mean, shouldn't everybody have that mentality? Yeah, I mean, it was really smart by on his behalf to do that. And, and I just say that because that's what I've always done with somebody. I don't care, if, and most of them actually had no experience. Is the if you want to work for me, all right? I'll tell you what. I'm going to start you off at seventeen bucks an hour. It's up for you to pass or fail from that point. <laughs> um, I will be quicker to fire you as well. Take recognize that risk. Um, but if you do well, I'll reward you all day long. Yeah, you got to be quick with the rewards, man, and make it incentivize people to do the right thing. Uh, you know, I I never I never made an hourly wage. He always paid me a salary. For me, yeah. I, I think that's the way to do it because hourly, you know, you're more encouraged to kind of milk it if you're not like supervised the whole time, you know, in a way. And and salary kind of like incentivizes people a little bit more if you make if you get it done a little bit quicker maybe you make a little bit extra money i don't know if that if that uh i production yeah. paid a lot of my guys i mean they they had a base production salary, pay. yeah yeah but i you know i would say i have just take a simple project i have budgeted in my spreadsheets five days for you silly bastards to be on this job if you finish it in three and finish it right, I'll give you that five days pay. And boy, that goes a long way. Big time, big time, big time. And and I think a lot of the problem people don't that have too is like you gotta be a leader out there. I I look at you and I think, wow, you're probably a leader with your guys, you know? And that's the thing with owning a business too, is like that's why I talk about the talent stack is because it takes so many skills to be a business owner and so many different things. You have to be a leader, a manager. You have to be uh, you have to do marketing, you have to do sales. You have to be just so well versed in everything. So it's it's good to have your 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 finger in everything in order to really drive your guys and, and move your company forward. Yeah, and you've got and the thing is is you know, even if it's just for being a lackadaisical for lack of a better term, really, if you just kind of sit back on your laurels a little bit and watch the company go, if you're not up there uh, self-promoting within front in front of your employees, it's going to reflect. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to be, I mean, you've always got to sell yourself in this world because if you don't believe in yourself, then you're shit out of luck from the get go. But you've always got to be selling those employees and subcontractors and stuff too, because if they don't have faith in you, no matter how good of work they do, it's, it's not going to show up. Yep. Yeah. That's a hundred percent true. 
What, um, well, Chris, do you have any questions? Man, I, I don't know if you've ever touched on what the, uh, the biggest square footage you've ever tiled was. Um, we don't, we don't really do like square footage. I mean that, you know, we're in, we're in bathrooms. I mean, we'll, we'll do thousand foot floors every once in a while. And when you're doing like a basement floor, for example, that's like the most brutal style of tile work is the flooring, the plank tile. You got to move it down around the side of the house, huck it all down there, prep out the floor, grind that whole thing down. We, you know, we've done those type of jobs. And then you, you move down the 40 bags of thin set or whatever the heck it is down there. It, that is the most brutal style. Of You're basically of unloading pallets and taking them in somebody's house, man. Exactly. That, yeah. and, then, and then, you know, you just mix in three, four, five buckets of thin set a day between two guys or whatever. It, 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 it's, that's the most brutal style of tile work. Jason and I are kind of in it for the long haul. You know, what we do, we don't take lunch. We work from nine to four and we, 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 we try to go home and, and do our thing and be with our families. And that gives me time to do what I need to do content wise and all this other stuff. So it's like, you know, the, that type of tile work, we leave that for somebody else, you know, and we'll never be it. When somebody says flooring, I usually am not going to book that job because for us to do it, it's going to cost way more than 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 other people are getting for and you're gonna you need to want you need to want that job that floor to be put down to last in order to hire us right and and and, and, but again you know you're you know you're you walk in with the bar set really high um for yourself for you for uh i'm assuming for the materials as well (laughs) yeah and um, and obviously the clients have to have that mindset. We kind of started there a, a little bit earlier, um, and it's. I just we talked about this a little bit the other night. I, I'm getting ready, or we, not just me, are, are going to get our bathroom redone here in in uh, some close future. Man, you see some projects and even when we were looking at houses a while back and all the other times we have before I've passed and walked out of stuff. And if my wife is listening, I wish she'd chime in and let y'all know how detailed and how much of an asshole I can be. Cause she'll be glad to tell you um, she's a better person than I, but, <laughs> but man, if I see weird tile or something and I see that shoddy construction and I can see a crooked line, I can see a piece of dust from a mile away. I will walk away from that house. Um, what are some of the things, if somebody's got a project coming up in here, man, for a tile person, what kind of tile person um, should we be looking for? What should they be telling us and in, in, in why for us to say that's the guy or, or, or lady that we're looking for? That's a good question. I really believe like you shouldn't listen to what they say. You should always watch what they do. Okay. Like you said before, the social media advertisement. I was waiting for that to be the answer. Exactly. <laughs> Don't yeah. listen to what people say. Watch what they do. Always. That's that's yeah. where that's where my head is at. You know, I, I I've heard people say all sorts. Of, I've been doing this for forty years. I this that and the other thing. This is how we've always done it. Those type of words are the kiss of death to me. Yes. You yeah. Know? That, that, 
they're, they're, they're being braggadocious about something. So be warned from that point forward. Yeah. Unless make, they can back it up. Make them tell make, If you are going to listen to what they say, when they say quality or professional, make them tell you what quality means to them. Make them tell you what professionalism means to them. How do you deal? If there's a problem on this job, how will you deal with it? You know, you need to, number one, really research what you're going to get. That's what I always say. I'm amazed when people call me and they don't research my company first. Oh, yeah. I really think you need to do some major research before you go and buy a bathroom because this thing's going to cost you thirty to $50,000. If you're doing when a good you, one, it ain't going to be cheap. Yeah. When you buy a car, you don't, you, what do you don't research the thing first? Find out what the gas mileage is. Find out what the record is. You know, you want to do the research. And here's another thing. I'm a labor guy. The labor is very important. Find out who's doing the work. Try to meet those guys. Try to talk to those guys because those are the boots on the ground. Those are the guys you're going to be dealing with in your house. It's those not are the, the guys in your house for a week. It's not the flashy sales guy with the lifted truck and the nice white teeth. It's it's the guys in your house. It's it's his workers. Um, yeah. and 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 if you can meet those guys. Even better, because those are the ones that are have hands on their project, and you know a, a a finished guy. You probably know this. A finished guy is different than like a labor guy, right? Like like a finished carpenter is different than a framing carpenter. Carpenter, you know. Mm -hmm. If you have an opportunity to walk through the person's bathroom, one of the guys' bathroom that's going to be working for you, I re really recommend doing that. Say, hey, do you have a customer that would allow me to go to their home? and check out one of the bathrooms you built. Right. I wish people would do that with us because that's one of my major things is that if you walk through one of my bathrooms and you walk through one of my competition's bathrooms, you would definitely notice the difference. And here's here's the weird thing with that. Um, 20 years ago, I never got a job uh, uh, where people didn't – thoroughly check the resume list that I give them and supply for um, before, during, you know, any, any kind of, you know, early meeting process today, no one looks, no one even asks ever. And it used to, it used to be, man, if I couldn't, you could tell, I, I mean, I, if you didn't give somebody the references fast enough and basically have them on hand, they would automatically see you as shady because that should be a given that you're going to hand that to them the first or second time you see them. You probably wouldn't get the job. Now it's not even a question or considered. And it's bizarre to me. We had, we had talked about this earlier about the fast food mindset. You yeah. People think it's like just walking up to McDonald's and ordering a burger and then you get the same burger every time. No, mm -hmm. that's not how it is with craftsmanship and, and, and skilled trades and, and remodeling. You're not hiring someone to do the project. You're hiring that person. You're not, you're not buying a bathroom. You're buying me. You're buying these hands. You're buying Jason's hands. And, yeah. you know, if you think it's fast food or like Walmart, you walk in and you pick up a, a pan or something and you just expect it to work and everything to be fine – Oh, no, 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 no. You're hiring me. So you want to, that's why I always say when we work for people, we share values. Right. Right. And that, and, and most people can tell that the people that I'm going to work for, we're very similar in many ways. 
And I wish I could be a salesman enough to like sell to people that were opposite of me, but I'm not really that good at that part. You know, the, the funny thing is, is, is here's my opinion because I share that um, just to a degree is the fact that I'm really not too interested in, I don't sell people like that, that, that we don't connect on some level. I don't sell them or, 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 or motivate myself to sell them too hard because I know something might not work out too well. And I don't focus on it really, man. If, if there's a, a disconnect somewhere or maybe just the potential, um, I'm very weary. And, and, you know, I mean, I'll be honest, prices change, all things, all kinds of things start to kind of change to maybe promote them to say, no, thank you. Oh yeah. And it's, it's, it's amazing how rude people are to you when they talk to you on the phone. That's the number one thing I, I, I notice is when people call me up and I, and I, what I, what I say, I ask the same question every time. May I ask you a few questions to, to, to see if we're a good fit for each other and to see, um, to learn more, a little bit more about you. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. no problem. And then I start asking my questions. They're all scripted. And if people get rude to me immediately or get quick with me immediately or like snappy, it's like, I can't even talk to you right now. And you expect me to come work at your house? Yep. No, thank you. And, 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 I, and or, you know, people, you can tell people are kind of uh, conditioned to where they'll say, yeah, I'm calling you up. Uh, I have a tiling project. I'd like to, you to come out and look at it. And I always say, whoa, 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 can we start with a few questions first? Right. Like, I just want to run right out and look at your project. Yep, nothing on my schedule. Nothing. I'm, and, I'm, and I'm only three blocks away. <laughs> three, oh, I'm ready. How about how about right now? now I'll stop everything now, I'm, I'm doing. Curious. I'm curious. And, and I know we all, in some form, it, it, are there times where you and Jason, or even you, um, kind of do like Habitat for Humanity stuff or like help people out if, they, if, they, if you know they really genuinely need the help? And you're like, okay, yeah, we can do this. We can help. Or, I mean, is it that cutthroat in the towel industry that you really, it, it's it's not something that comes across your plate or anything like that? Yeah. You know, the first three years we were Hamilton Tile, we worked for a builder and we were helping him out build his pocketbook and build his check, his checking account up to like an extremely high level. You know, I mean, that's where we were at. So now we're thinking like we're just trying to make a good living at this point to the point where we can do that kind of like charity and help people you, out. You, you can know? give back a little bit. Yeah, because, you know, the first I don't know, the first few years in business, we, we, we're barely scraping by and, and and hardly. And, you know, now we have an opportunity to make money to where we can at some point do that. And but, you know. You know, when people, this is what I say, like I've been doing work for people for my gym, my CrossFit gym, and they call me up and those type of people, I have no problem helping out my friends, the people I know personally right. that I know Jason's the same way. Somebody he personally knows, like he finished a job, a shower, he gave the person a deal. They were acquaintances, no problem there, but random, random people, you know, that are trying to get deals, which we don't really get into that because every time I've ever given a random person a really good deal, it usually does not work out. It always, you know, they expect the full service. They expect the top tier, everything. So you might as well, you have to charge them for it, you know? Are you muted? 
No, I'm not muted. I'm listening to you. Uh, uh, there we oh, go. There you go. I was. Sorry. Oh, but, uh, he was muted. I thought you were talking to me. I, I, I run in, blind guy problems. <laughs> <laughs> I run in. I run into that quite often. Usually, a lot of stuff that I'll say, "Hey, man, I'll, I'll, I'll cut you a break," and it's somebody that I don't really know. It's bit me in the ass every damn time. And that doesn't mean I still don't do them. I just go into them with a different approach and Big uh, time. um and, and mindset on the thing. Ben wanted to ask you real quick, and I put it up here a while back. I knew we just weren't around to these kind of questions yet. And we're, there's a flow going, or at least attempted. Um, it says, I'd like to hear the titles of the last three books you've read. Okay. And he's got them right there. This book right here is a really awesome book, especially for young people about that talent stack. It's called Range. And it's it, the, the subtitle is Why Generalists Triumph in a Specialized World. So I've done all sorts of stuff in my life, you know, theater and guitar, sports, all this kind of stuff. And there's some good examples in here about all these different people that have done like Django Reinhardt, the guitar player. He started out on piano and all these different um instruments but it gave him a great foundation to become the greatest guitar player of all time one of the most famous right and it talks about all these different people that went to college for one specific thing but most of them never even do that in their life for a job most college graduates do i mean if they're going for something generalized they never do what they graduated to do never yeah um, I'm, I'm almost done with a book about Stonewall Jackson um, called Rebel Yell. Uh, the narrator on that book is unbelievable. And just the writing. And it's not like a – it's not like – it doesn't have that like left-wing Civil War leaning kind of stuff, you know, where it was all about slavery and slavery bad and Southerners bad style. It's like has – it's very like neutral down the middle. and it's just, just the reality of it. Yeah, and Stonewall Jackson was a badass dude, and I really recommend that book. And then before this book, this this one's actually on the deck is a Pinterest book. Um, like a lot of my traffic comes from Pinterest, believe it or not, which is pretty. Crazy. I get, man, I, I I get flow off of there too. I I mean, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So third book that I've read, mm, I've read a. I'd have to look. I'd have to look. You know, I read them and then I like forget about them. You know, honestly, I never <laughs> remember titles. Man, titles is something and names. It, I'm especially people's names. I'm the world's damn worst, man. I mean, if you want to ask me the scientific name of, of a plant, it boom, it comes right out. Yeah, but, uh, ask me this guy's name right here. I don't know. Yeah, I'll read. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll read. I'll read a book to pass the time. Oh, this was a great one. It was called by John Taylor Gatto. It was called. He's like a. He was a New York City Teacher of the Year three three times in a three times, and he was a New York State Teacher of the Year. And um, he and when they when they nominated him, he was going to have this big award ceremony. And at the award ceremony. He retired and he he quit teaching and gave this big speech about how public schools have to be reformed and all this. It's called uh, Weapons of Mass Instruction. And it's just about kind of how government schools have kind of dumbed people down and just about, you know, the corruption involved in government schools. And, you know, I, I, I homeschool one of my children and it was just a really good he talked about open source education. I had talked about that a little bit earlier about how yeah. you don't have to be like a t teacher with a piece of paper to learn from him. He talked about this guy, um, 
David Farragut at the age of 12 commandeered a ship off the coast of South, uh, South America and sailed it back to Boston by himself or about how Thomas Jefferson's father died when he was 12 and he had 250 people that worked for him on his plantation or George Washington at the age of 12 did the same kind of stuff about how, you know, adolescence, this is back to what we were talking about, about young people. Adolescence is like a, a construct back right. in the old days. You didn't have adolescence. You got big enough to be a man and to work, and you went to work. That was oh, it. Yeah, you're, yeah. If you're you're got, when you got old enough to walk and talk, you better, you're better. you going to learn real quick to walk the walk and talk the talk. <laughs> exactly. And men were men at a very early age. Yeah, and John Taylor Gatto really breaks down the history really well about how about just about how things work. He points out, too, that you know all the elites in the country, they all go to the same 12 private schools. John mm-hmm. Kerry and George Bush went to the same school, Yale. They were at the same uh, uh, fraternity, Skull and Bones. They hung out with all the same people. They came up in the same kind of in the same circles. And he asked the question, "What do the elites teach their kids that government schools or kids that go to public school don't learn?" And he said, "What they teach their kids is free." You know, you know, it doesn't cost a bunch of money to teach them things like understanding human nature. That's one example. You ever learned that in a government school, do you think? Oh, no. Any, anything about human nature? Understanding human nature. That's that's one that that's just one example. Or he talks about how wealthy people ride horses, for example. You know, little girls are controlling a 1200 pound animal. And he talks about how that the the amount of confidence that gives them. And when he was a teacher in New York city, he was, did unorthodox things. Like he would, he would fight the school board or fight the superintendent. And he would ask, he would, he, he, he saw the kid asleep in school. Like we all did. And he walked up to him and, or to her. And it was like, what are you interested in? Like, what are you doing? Why are you sleeping in class? She's like, I'm not interested in this. I was swimming yesterday. So I'm really tired. Oh, you're a swimmer. He said, how about this? I'm going to give you an assignment. I want you to go around to all the swimming pools in New York city. And I want you to rate them in terms of water temperature what the locker rooms are like. And I want you to write about them. And I want you to come back and just compile it all, and that'll be your 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 project for the year. And she ended up doing that, and you know, fourteen years old, and 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 sold this guide. Ended up selling this guide to New York City public swimming pools for like fifty thousand dollars or something crazy, right. you know. So it's like he really points out how we think Mind that, you. yeah, and we think that certain people are 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 are. Are are just determined or are are biologically determined to do certain things. Some people are dumb, some people are smart. And he said, no, the only thing that separates people that do well in school from people that don't is curiosity. Yep. So that's another thing to think about for your son. I recommend this for Henley. Read that book. Man, it's a great one. Listen to it, whatever you got to do. But he talks about, you know, he can teach somebody to read in a hundred hours. As long as they're curious. And that's the problem in school is kids just aren't curious. Right? Well, it's, no, it's, it's like, dumbed down. It's it's very because society, well, it's geared it's towards so people getting a free pass instead of learning something these days mm-hmm. is what it is. They yeah. start from 
they start from the perspective of willing to give you a free pass instead of starting from the standpoint of, of you earning something. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, that's actually a great book. Um, Weapons of mass instruction. He has another one called uh, dumbing us down. I read that one too. Um, but before that, and um, really recommend that one. Those, those are, I don't know the Pinterest book. I get into a lot of these weird, like do like kind of self-help style books like that. But um, I really like uh, Tom, Tom Wolf. Have you ever heard of him? The writer, yes. he, he's an excellent writer. I, I read um, what the bonfire, the vanities. Um, that's, uh, that's a great one. Here's a great one. Politically. It's called um, 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 the idea of decline in Western civilization. You know how we're like, oh, President Trump is the president. We're all going to hell. Everything's going to fail. People have thought the world was going to end from Greek the time. Negative, the negative persona, man. That every a negative mindset. Yeah, but people have thought the world was going to end two thousand years ago. They thought that. Yeah, I mean, I mean that. I mean that's that's kind of what gave Jesus some street cred. Is that everybody back then was thinking the world was coming into an end? Oh, good point. Yeah, good point. Yeah, good point. And not only yeah. that, if even if you look at news or any anything news related, they focus more on the negative side of everything than they do the positive. If you mm -hmm. look at news, there will be three segments or three things throughout the whole entire hour that will be remotely somewhat positive and the rest of it's negative because more people are inclined to think negatively than they are thinking positively. Yeah. Hey, and, look at and that exactly. goes into restricting and everything that goes with it, you know, go back how, how and much... look at old news. Look at how people portrayed the news in the fifties, forties, sixties and stuff. There was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of positive impact. You, you'd know that Betty Sue won the gold medal in, in track yesterday at the high school and things like that. Now they, they, they point out that, that, um, you know, Betty Sue's daughter got, you know, caught smoking behind the gym in 10th grade. She was on Adderall by 11th grade and, you know, uh, uh, suicidal. By freshman year. Yeah. Oh, this is the stuff that they volunteer to promote and tell you about. Not that we really shouldn't know, but it's always they find the negative horror stories and make sure that is what they tell us. The problem, and the not problem. only that. Sorry, and uh, there's another thing to this too. And not only that, if you look way back when the '50s, where John Thomas Jefferson or Benjamin Franklin, our greatest inventions happened back in the day. Today's inventions are being forced. Well, okay, we've reached this pinnacle. We've reached this point. Where do we go? Let's. And so we're forced to think of something that's they say original, but isn't original. Is going off of something else that's already happened in the past. It's called lack of innovation. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and so they, they, they turn things around day in and day in and day to try to invent something new or turn the wheel when knowing good and well, everything from the past is what brought us up to this point. And, and uh, you, you see that a lot. Do you know what news stands for? Uh, negative something, something, something. No, it stands for north, east, west. And south and why it stands for that is because you don't know what direction you're going in <laughs> north east west south news you have no idea where you're going and that that to me new the news like you were saying it brings all this negativity right to your doorstep things that happen 400 miles away you now know about it and to speak about the right. innovation 
most of the patents in the world were made in the United States at the turn of the century, right? Thomas Edison, Henry Ford, Marconi, all these different innovations were made. John Taylor Gatto again talks about that. We had the most patents in the world ever right here in the United States. And guys like Andrew Carnegie, for example, these, this guy from Scotland, just a nobody yep. from Scotland, he formed the biggest company ever, a nobody. And I believe this is conspiratorial, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out there. I think the elites control power by not allowing for the, 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 the little guy to, to raise up and threaten their power by degrading the educational system, in my opinion. Well, yeah, oh, I and I, I, everybody wants to say that they're, you know that's a theory or, or far out there. But look, man, us as human nature, especially when the more successful we get, the more self-preservation that gets applied. Oh, big time, big time, big time. And and that was a great thing that I loved about those old guys. They called them robber barons. Yeah. But Andrew Carnegie, man, he donated libraries and all this kind of stuff. The elites back then, I feel like they cared about the people. They gave the back. They tried. Henry Ford, why did the middle class get invented or created was because he started paying his people enough to buy the cars that he was making. Right. You think Jeff Bezos, you think he's doing that? Right. No. no. Well, I mean, and I can agree with you on the whole education side because I went to school for the blind, all right? Oh, yeah. It's a state school, okay? Their textbooks were 30 years behind a public school. 30 years. Yeah. I'm yeah. talking. And I'll be honest, that's exactly why my son never saw a public school. And we, Charleston County has, it has some really good schools, but it was, I mean, I, I told myself in the very beginning, I don't care what I'm doing. I don't care what, what, what my situation is. Um, e- even though, you know, it was, it was affordable. Um, it, thankfully so. Um, I will bust my ass to make sure that he is at least presented at um, one of the best educations that he can get. And and there's there's one of the private schools that he's in and some others, man, they are they have a lot of exposure to to the elite world. They really yeah. do. And um, I'm, he's you know, he's had he's had that ability and and I know that he's absorbed everything he can. And they nurture that in their schools and, and, and um, where it's not done in public schools anymore. Public schools, I don't care how good they are. 50% of the day is babysitting. Yeah. You know what my mom and dad did? You know, I was blessed to be able to go to three years of private school. And it's the reason I read well. It's the reason I write well and speak well is mm-hmm. they um they were Catholics, traditionalist Catholics, and they were involved with other families in my area. And one weekend or whatever, they went for a trip to Mount Royal in uh, Quebec, Canada, and they came back and they decided to start their own public school with all the Catholic families. They started their own private Catholic school in our in our town with all the other community uh, families that were Catholic. And I remember this is another example of how I learned to work is we would always we were very low funds for the school like my 5th grade teacher rented a room at my house and we um we would go we had a a venison wagon trailer that we would go from fair to fair 
selling right. selling venison sausage out of. And I, I remember my dad working the fair and we, I used to sell rat, like raffle tickets and all this kind of different stuff to fund the school. And, you know, we had six people in my third grade class and it was it was kind of segregated by sexes and we wore uniforms and all this kind of stuff. And it was some of the best education I had. And that's why I'm so passionate about education, because I've seen every side of it. You know, the, the families that were homeschooled, I saw public school. I saw private school and, you know, that I think that is really the basis of ed- education in America is the basis of the people and I are the basis of the power of the people. And I think it's been degraded and I, I blind back to what you said. I don't think it's necessarily about money either because back at the turn of the century, people were smarter, I think, than they are today and better working because, and they were learning on a chalkboard and a piece of chalk and one reader in a uh, Taylor Gatto. Ben, you said it best earlier. They were curious, curious, but John Taylor Gatto talks about how in 1861, the number one selling book in the country was James Fenimore Cooper's last of the Mohicans. Have you ever read Charles Dickens? How hard yeah. those books are to read. I can barely get through those damn books. And yep. people were reading those things back in those days for fun and they were yeah, learning that was their daily read and they were learning off a piece of chalk and a book you know the LA school district i believe is the it spends a million dollars on each student ipads all this different stuff and they're the lowest rated students out there you know i think like you said passionate teachers and and and, and curiosity i think that goes a long way because i never really i, I was naturally talent. I was smart in high school. I didn't care though, but now yeah. you, te- you sent, you, you put me on a project. I have to learn something, man. I, I mean, you know, I'm driven to do it, you know? And that's what, I mean, that's what, uh, Henley school really does. And what they're, I, I think a lot of, uh, non-public schools do. They, they still, uh, politics are removed from these schools for the most part on the teaching perspective. Anyway, and they are allowed and, and they desire to um, nurture curiosities. Um, and it's, 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 it, that alone is, is, is what separates them from the pack. And it's, um, um, it, it's, it's sad that the world is, is there today. Um, but it is. And there you go. Exactly. Um, a very famous quote, curiosity is the mother of all invention, man. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the question to me, too, is like, what do we do for our boys? Because now what we do when a boy has problems in school, we hop him up on ADHD pills and all this kind of crap. And it's like, no, it's not his fault. It's your fault. Right. It's not his fault that he's a young man. He's got the testosterone. He's got all these things going on. It's not his fault. You don't have to sedate him. You know, my dad, my dad, God bless him. He, 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 he was, he, he believed that, you know, when you have a problem, you don't go talk to a psychologist. You talk to your mm-hmm. priest, right? Old school like that. Right. He never, he, he didn't like psychology. He never allowed me to, to be involved in that. He never allowed them to drug me or any of that kind of stuff, even though I believe my mother was kind of pushing for it, you know? And, you know, it, that's not the answer. It's not the answer. Oh, your kid is rowdy. Your kid is rowdy. Yeah, he's a boy. That's what, or a girl. That's what they do. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah. Amen. I mean, like, amen. I, amen. Go my ahead, son Chris. I'm done. Has Asperger's and ADHD and everything and thing. And, and and there's been several discussions that, you know, you should maybe put Ethan on medicine or maybe do this. And I'm like, there's no way in hell my son's going to take any pill at all. We will work through this and we'll find a way to get around it because I don't want him to be in his adult years so codependent on medication. Now, there are some people out there that truly need it. I understand that. But if I can't work with my son to work through his issue. Or at least attempt issue, to do it first. <laughs> yes. Then what is the purpose of him trying to figure it out on his own when he's in a spot where he can't get the medicine or he runs out in the middle of wherever he's at and have his nerve has a nervous breakdown or something for that matter. Then it gets to a point, how is he going to handle himself? Or if he's in a real world work situation and the pressure is there, how does he work with himself? And I refuse, refuse to give that kid anything. You're the man. You know? You're the man. He's going to, and he'll thank you for that later on. You know, it's something that he'll, he'll be probably, able to cope with life. Yeah. That's something probably he's going to just grow out of, you know, you know, that's, that, that to me is one of the things, you know, in my twenties, I, I had, I struggled through some stuff, you know, I used to, be, I, I think I had like a, what do they call that? Um, the concussion syndrome, because I used to box, you know, and I, I was depressed, you know, I felt it in my chest. And then, you know, I've never felt – I felt that way for like five years, you know, and I never felt that way again, you know. And they they, they they told me I was bipolar and put all these psychological words on it and all this stuff. Or And then and now I'm thinking – or maybe it was just because I was getting punched in the head a lot and it rattled my brain around. <laughs> you know, that seemed like right. nobody ever asked well, me that question. You know there's another good thing there is kids aren't allowed to solve their problems anymore. When I was going to school, a fight ended a lot of shit today. It just creates more shit. Cause you're going to jail. You're going to jail for a schoolyard fight. It's ridiculous. Yeah. man. These people think that we're not going to give up our God given code driven genetics inside of us, man. We are meant to fight for our rights and fight for what we believe in. And you can't pull that genetic code out of somebody. We are or right on the same page. We agree. I, I love what you're saying that because I say it's like, I, I you know, people authority say authority rules. Yeah, yeah, but people and say authority people, wins. Yeah, but here, here's here's a uh, here's a uh, controversial thing. People say racism. I say tribalism. That's a part of the same kind of genetic thing that's encoded inside of us. Almost, you know. People say sexism. I mean, I mostly I say you know that that. That that that's roles that have been around for thousands of years, you know, and and we're trying to take that away, and tr society's trying to pull that apart. But like you said, that stuff is kind of ingrained in people, you know. It's this this feeling that we should all be neutral and all feel the same, and basically be some coded high gigawatt high ram robots and do the exact same thing as the next person's freaking ridiculous man i mean how many how long have we been on this planet and and we're, we're going to try to change that now like i said it's in our genetic code for 99 of this world to fight for what you believe in whether it's physically mentally or both and to achieve and be the top dog on top of something man and th and then there's 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 followers there really are that but we all get to that point where we're willing to follow, you know, and, and nobody's allowed to do that. Like, and that's why kids are so damn frustrated now because they can't get rid of their frustrations. Oh, well, it, well, except for, you know, go sit in a timeout and think about what you've done, Johnny. Really? 
or or, <laughs> you know, or 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 here you go, man. Sit in the basement, video games, pot, and pornography, man. There you go. There's the three things that really sedate people a lot. And right. you know, I I'm not coming from a, a place of like I'm better than that, man. I that was me. I got out of that though, you know, and and how I and you know, honestly, you know, how I how I did that was just I decided that's not what I wanted to be. That's not how I was raised, right? And, and and I embraced my ancestry. I embraced, you know, where I came from and how I was raised and th- those type of ideals. And that changed my attitude, right? And that, man. You, Family you, traditions. Yeah, exactly. I think, and I think that's a lot of the reason why, you know, they try to, I say they, whether that's the media, elites, whoever, that's why they try to destroy our traditions and our ancestry, tearing down statues and all this kind of stuff is because when people realize how powerful they are through their ancestors and how many generations of people, like I have my parents, they both have their parents, that's four, and they both have their parents, and that's 16, and it keeps going out and out and out and out. And once you start realizing how powerful you are, Nobody can control your human spirit anymore. And that's and that to me is a lot of the reason why we don't have these innovations and all this is because of the control and why people are so sad and so downtrodden is because that freedom is not there to achieve. And those at those, best people are numb. Yeah, people are just getting numbed out to everything and afraid yeah. to and you and and I do and, I, and honestly, I get a little scared sometimes to speak up because you know we have families. I don't have I don't have foundational wealth in order to protect myself. And the wrong person sees something that you said, and they and they try to destroy you, you know. But um, I, I don't think you and I are saying anything that extreme. It's all the, this is my point. It's all the things that my grandfather, who fought his way through Europe in world war two believed you're not going to tell me my grand, my grandpa is a scumbag or my ancestors or whatever, you know, these are, these, these are all things that people that, that made sure the Nazi and the communist scourge didn't take over the world. That's stuff they believe that what we believe, right. You, you can't take that away from us. I don't think you're not going to take that away from us. Well, that's, that's just, I mean, you, you can't, it's written history. It's already happened. You, you can't, you can't change it. Um, you know, I, I think in certain and that you're exactly right. And there's certain things where, where some of the story needs to, you know, some stories need to be added in too. you know, just to give the, the other side of that a, a fair shake. And, and um, that's the Internet. Though. Shit, that's the Internet. Yeah, but this this shit that, that, you know, that, you know, the same the very same people that 10 years ago were saying everybody's entitled their opinion. Everybody deserves a fair chance. Are the exact same people now saying believe what what they're telling you, or, or or you're a piece of shit? Oh no, you're no. Actually, if you don't believe what they're telling you, you are a Russian agent of, and you're a, an right. agent of Vladimir. <laughs> you're an agent of Vladimir Putin. Yeah. Right. Right. That that yeah. that's all that that's all part of this thing, you know. And at the end of the at the end of the day. I, I, I'm, I'm into a business friendly environment. I'm into reality. And when you're, when you're self-employed, like I am, when you got little kids that need to get fed, when, when you're living life, like I do, and like most people have to, in order to survive self-employed reality is where it's at, you know, that, that, that's where it's at. And you're, it, it, it's hard, it's hard to, 
hard to get me to see other to 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 buy into the uh to the BS that a lot of a lot right, of to the, to, out there. to the overall typical sales pitch that's out there. I, I don't, I'm not buying. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Once you see the truth, it's hard to unsee it. Sometimes I wish I could go back to you know where I where I was or you know back to blindness. You know the red pill, the blue pill. You know the analogy. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and you know everybody has different levels of it too. Like I, I'm kind of like kind of lower level on it, but you know, I, uh, everybody I, has I, their threshold. Yeah. And I don't think you can really take it too far because we live, do live in the world we live in, you know? I, like, and man, you know, it, I, it, we are definitely at the, uh, um, the apex of, of, of something. And this world is, is either going <laughs> to, we're either going to settle down here real soon or good God help us all here shortly. I mean, I know that's uh, um, conspiratorial, but it, it's true, man. Everybody's so fucking offended, man. Um, it's just like, if, if you don't like it, just like a lot of shit on YouTube and, and you know, we're all guilty of it. If you, if you don't like it and it's not, it's not hurting anyone, I guess that's an even better preface to put on things. If it, just go on, go yeah, you on. Know, and we all have to tell ourselves this because we all get there's certain things that we'll all get caught up in or go, why am I watching this? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? And we have to maybe relearn ourselves from time to time. But everybody, it, it, that's a more complex thing. I, everybody's just so offended, even by the simplest text or something. You know, because we're just, desensitized as as a human being. We growing up, even nowadays, we're desensitized on everything. If, if one person says one thing, you got 15 other opinions that say it's wrong or say, oh, you're being harsh or, oh, this and that. And the other and thing then, is we don't bother to get to know anybody anymore. Hence the reason for this. Exactly. Show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You right. know, to me, to me, to me, the more offensive you are, the more interesting you are. You know, if I Bingo. talk to if I talk to an old guy that says something offensive, I'm just like, eh, OK, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, I mean, what are you going to do? Or if somebody says something dumb, I'm just like, eh, well, that's kind of dumb, but what are you going to do? But, you know, what I kind of, that is kind of, that right there is kind of a little bit more the attitude you have to have is like, okay, what are you going to do? I mean, I don't know. You're, you're right about people getting offended yeah. by stuff and it makes life hard because life used to be a lot more fun when you could like kind of pick on stuff and just be like, I, I, I know like, here, here's my opinion. My unpopular opinion of the day too is uh, is around bullying. I've heard you guys talk a lot about bullying in the past and blind. I'm sure you. It sounds like you've been bullied to an extreme degree. That's just not cool, you know. But to me, that's another part of the world that is kind of like a necessary evil almost. In order at to times, and, there, and there's times, a point where, where it gets to be too much, and that's yeah. the, that's the critical thing. Yeah, to when toughen people up though, and we're trying to like exterminate it to where it's like not ever anything, and that that again it weakens people almost. You know, blind, you're stronger than anybody out there I know because of your experiences. Yeah, it sucked at the time, you know, but you know that I'd love to hear your opinion on it. But that's who made you and me too. Like I was bullied. I did some bullying and, you know, I'm not proud of it. I'm actually ashamed that I got bullied. I remember getting my head shoved in the locker and all this kind of stuff. It's like, 
And at the end of the day, it's like it made me who I am today. And it gave me some empathy for other people and all this kind of stuff. You know? Oh, hands That's down. Respect. Yes, hands down. I mean, you know, it, it, it really did a lot of defining. So, so it got me into martial arts. And then it channeled a lot of my rage because anybody who gets boil, bullied or ha, ha, is the bully has a lot of rage in them, regardless. Um, lack of attention, too much of attention. Or because you have a fault of your own, you don't want nobody to know about it. So you're going to put your attention on someone who has a lot more uh, challenges than you. You know, um, But it, it put me into a position where I was able to channel my rage and thought in, in, in martial arts really did a lot of that to put me in a position to where, okay, I know I can hold my own, but do I necessarily have to? There you go. Do you have to? Do I have to? And then to calm myself, to put myself in a different mind frame to where I can either A, I'm going to walk away from this until I can't know more. Because anybody who's anybody knows martial arts is they don't, it's not something they teach you to fight. First off, martial arts starts with defense and then they give you the offense. Secondly, and then you learn yourself if you're going to be in a corner where you can't, you can't, you have to defend yourself. One way out is forward, and then that's when you start dealing with offense. But they mentally prepare you in your mind to say, "Hey, people who are bullying you, or people who are talking to you, um, you, you, you mentally, you got to channel your rage into focusing on other stuff than what they're doing, because essentially, yeah, essentially, when people bully you, they just want the attention." 110%. They want more attention given to themselves because they're putting the attention on you who has the issue or the challenge or the problem, whether it's obesity or, you know, your eyes are crooked or you have one leg that's longer than the other, you know. And boxing, boxing is an alpha sport. When you, when you said you did boxing, it's two alpha males that are boiling each other to find out who's coming up on top, you mentally and physically. I mean, in order to do kickboxing or cross, you know, you, you're an alpha person dealing in the same ring, you know, and you learn that a lot. And, and, and it's a lot of like, you know, when you're dealing with it. So, yeah, I mean, well, that's I just learned. It, Chris. what you're saying it martial arts, boxing and everything else. That was a way to settle differences that should mm -hmm. to some degree still be a way of, of letting things get resolved because especially in the male gene pool, dominance is everything. You're not going to take it away. Look at everything else on this planet. There is a pecking fucking order. You need oh, to I get one and understand that you're here and somebody else. There's always a bigger, quicker, faster dog somewhere nearby, man, you know, and, and sometimes, sometimes, um, you know, you're, you're at the bottom. Sometimes you're at the top Sometimes you're in the middle, but, you know, somewhere you're going to settle in in society and, and people, you know, we say it today, the big thing, you know, stay in your lane and everybody's offended because there's people out there better than them is what I'm getting at. And that's bullshit, man. Understand where you sit, understand where you like, keep trying, keep fighting and keep trying to achieve better. Um, and that's actually what makes you better is trying to. Um, but these people that, again, think they deserve the top rung when they've done nothing to get there and they want to tear you down because you fucking fought for it. It's goddamn ridiculous. Yeah. Do you know what the oh, best thing, the best thing that ever happened to me, like, you know, the best and the worst thing through boxing, actually, you know, I remember when I was 17 years old, I knocked a guy out cold in the ring, a 35 year old business owner from a couple towns over at his home gym in front of my dad. 
And I was chasing that feeling for about 10 years. I actually kind of sucked at boxing, but I remember doing that and I loved that feeling. And then, and then what happened is, and then I got knocked out myself in front of everybody, my family, friends, (laughs) all sorts of everything. And now when I'm in a tough situation, you know what I say to myself? I've been knocked out in front of everybody. What do you think you're going to like? You said, you said you don't want me to work for you. You think you're going to hurt me? You right, think right. you're gonna like get oh, me yeah. down? You know, so that's kind of what I mean. Like you were saying about the about you know two boxers being bullying each other in the ring. Yeah, man, mm-hmm. it kind of builds you up a little bit. And I don't know what's gonna happen when my son comes to me and tells me he's bullied or whatever. I don't know probably what I'm gonna do, but I think I'm not. I I, I always tell my wife I'm like, don't get involved in this stuff with the kids. And I think that's probably where I'm going to be. Like my, my parents never got involved in anything with us unless it was something super serious. I think that's probably where I'm going to kind of be in in, in the situation. It's problem solving skills at at, at the least. Let kids sort their own shit out, man. You know, if the guns aren't being drawn, let them have at it. Yeah. Like I've, I've told uh, the last fight I got into, it it was, uh, you know, complex pissing match, whatever you want to say. And and I, I told the guy, I said, dude, listen here, man. I don't know what you want to do, but I'm going to tell you this. I may get my ass whooped, but you're going to know every second that I am there. Hands down. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and go out like a chump and think that you're going to walk over me because if I get my ass whooped, so be it. Um, admitting it is, is half the battle, but I promise you, if I do, you're going to know every second I'm there. And my son... Uh, about a year ago, I get a I get a call from the school, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, what's up?" And, and he goes, "Well, sir, your son just got in trouble for fighting." And uh, I'm like, "Okay, all right." Um, he's getting suspended because he beat the shit out of a senior. The, my, my son's a freshman who is like three foot five. All right, weighs eighty pounds, and just blacked out on this kid, and because the kid had it coming. I mean, I'll give him to him. You know, as a senior picking on a freshman, the goods, my shortest kid in school. Yeah. I mean, basically, I mean, to put it funny. I mean, he literally, he, he literally got Ralphie rage, you know, in in Christmas story, you know, when he just has it, has had enough and he freaks out. Oh yeah. Yeah, Yeah. man. I heard uh, uh, one of his friends was telling me the story and just said, dude, my son came unglued, went flying in air, had him on his back and is just waylaying, just did not stop. And, uh, you know, my son thought he was going to get in trouble when he came home. I said, what was your punishment? Three days in uh, three days of school suspension. Okay, that's your punishment. I'm glad you you protected yourself. I'm glad you took care of what you needed to, but don't instigate it if it comes back to round two. You'll probably never have any problems again. He'll probably never have not a problem from, again. Not from that kid. I mean, there's other kids that do some stuff, but, you know, uh, I, I encourage, you know, I don't encourage violence or anything like that, but I, I encourage people to take care of defending themselves because, you know, uh, and I explained to my son what I went through uh, in junior high, high schools. Well, not high school, but in junior high when I lost my sight in a public school setting. And I said, son, if you have to, you need to defend yourself and I'm not going to ever get you in trouble. You're never going to hear me yell at you. If you're defending yourself now, if you're the instigator and you're the one starting it, then that's a whole different ball game, you know. Uh, yeah, man, our challenge get your ass whooped. I think the point is is that our challenges just really define us 
as far as who we are and, and all that kind of stuff. And I think the more challenges people have, the better people they ought, they, they become eventually. I, I mean, I'm blind. I respect you big time just because of the stuff that you've overcame. And just that, that to me is such an inspiring thing to see. And I don't know. I just, I, I think we're kind of like, like truth you're saying is like, we're kind of like, like, uh, what's that? What's that? Uh, those, those balls are made out of we're, um, not styrofoam, but it's, um, we're foosball. Uh, what is that? We're like, um, racquetball. No, we're, we're like, we're like, we're making the world soft for people. It's too easy. It's too easy. People can worry about all this crazy stuff. You got time for that? Like for me, I ain't got time for that, man. I got kids to Mm -hmm. support. I'm trying to like build a business. That was the best thing. You need to have some sort for young people. You got to have some sort of goal and something to go for. All right, man, you just, you know, you're just, that's, that's the thing. You're just going to be unhappy. You know, there you go. Yeah. My kids were the greatest thing that probably happened to me, you know, having people to support and all this kind of stuff, man, that that's what gets me fired up to do the right thing. And, you know, it, 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 it's great for my customers because, you know, they get to, they get the, uh, the rewards of me being driven to do better. Uh, it's great for my wife and my kids and that, and it's great for me too, because I got something to keep me busy. You know, and that right there is where we probably, man, we ran long, long, but we got into it and it was a, it, man, it's been a great conversation. <laughs> Gold, that we was, talked I, about I, a whole bunch of different stuff. I was, I was like, we did, but it was, it was awesome getting to know you, man. I mean, we're kind of all over the place, but in a semi-structured way it flowed. And I think everyone was engaged with it, but man, you said it, it was a great ending. I had to stop it there, man. Um, you got to have some goals in life or you're not going to have anything. Um, because if you're not out to better yourself, you're pretty much screwed. And um, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. I also want to tell, I keep skipping over this, man. Everybody hears the intro music now that I've got it where it doesn't completely sound like crap all the time. But uh, man, that's that's a, uh, a good friend of mine's son. His uh, name is Shane Sanders. He's going places uh, pretty quickly and, and, and rising fast on on the hip hop scene. He's a little Charleston kid and a kid. He's man. Jeez, that shows my age right there, man. He's in his twenties and he's doing fine. He's got a kid of his own. Um, but just a master musician, somebody that that came up from some tough times and is doing some great things in the music world. I'm hoping uh, and I want to reach out to maybe get him on here one evening because he's a really good story to tell. He's in the construction industry as well. And, um, again, thank all of y'all. Um, and uh, check out Shane Sanders if you if you like that style of music. I'm into anything and everything, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm not stuck on any one thing. I want to thank you again, Ben, for coming in. It was a great conversation. Uh, it it uh, covered a lot of things. And uh, you were the first person to outside of the real, the circle, really. I mean, and what we do. Ranger was, too, but Ranger's kind of in the circle, you yeah, know. Yeah. And, and we're, we're, hey, can I, we're can trying I think- to get out here. Can I thank money making Mike G for uh for recommending me and getting me on the show? Man, he got he got me thank you, money making Mike. He you got me turned on to these guys. I'm loving their show. I'm I'm happy to be in the community now, and I'd really like to thank you and wish you all the blessings in the world. You know, I don't usually say blessings, but to you, Mike, blessings. Exactly blessings and, tons of and, blessings i love and you, man. ben if you know anybody out there on instagram or youtube land that uh 
um, is in a similar trade of yours or something that may want to jump in here, talk, at least tell us about what they're doing, what, how, why they love the trade and how to get into it. It would be awesome to, to we, kind of, uh, we have a ton of characters in the, in, if you, if you're looking for guests for your show, you, you got, you can have a lot of guests on your show forever. There's tons yeah. of characters out here. You got, you got our numbers, bro. All right, man. Got, let me put it out there. This. Way. Thanks for you having me. Our numbers. Thanks for having me, buddy. We'll be in contact. I really appreciate you guys, mm-hmm. and uh, and and good work out there. Keep it up. Um, love it. Thank you. And thank you. And also, by the way, people out there, um, Olfecto has uh, produced our uh, some music for us for our intro and outro. That'll be coming up soon. I probably should have had it on last week. Um, but just had other crap going on and such. But again, man, uh, Ben, thank you very much for, for coming. Chris, you got anything closing out on this? Man, uh, again, guys, um, hopefully uh, if you guys got any ideas that you guys want to see on this program, email us or even shoot us on Instagram at the Dirty Blind Truth or the Dirty Blind Truth at gmail.com. And then uh, I will let you guys and Dirty and I, let's put it this way. Dirty and I will let you guys know um, probably tomorrow on the drive or uh, Tuesday who our next guest is. I, I have a good, uh, I, I know who it is. I just want to confirm before I go and say things, but uh, I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah, I'm excited about every guest we have on here. Uh, you learn something new every day, different stories, walks of life, and it's so awesome. So again, guys, thank you very much. All right, Chris, and tell them what damn show they've been watching. Hey, guys, this is The Dirty Blind Truth. And we're out of here. Later. Yes. I can't see. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, guys. Peace, my blindies.